Hello everyone and welcome to the final week of the Daggertooth Awards, the official Game of the Year Awards ceremony here at Sorchomp. We have had an absolutely incredible last two weeks worth of categories and selections. There have been some expected and unexpected winners, which have been fun to select. But this is the moment we have all been waiting for, which games top our personal top five lists and which games will be selected as Sword Chomp's top five games of the year. We will also be revealing the listener choice for the game of the year as voted on by you on our social media page. To ensure that I don't mess up the flow of the show, let me just inform you of this now. If you end up liking the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you end up wanting more content or are looking for ways to support us making more exciting content such as this, you can head over to SoreChomp.com. But I will get into that in more detail in the back end of the show. I have some wonderful human beings and friends joining me today. First, I am joined by Josh Fowler, who once served as Joe Pesci's stunt double in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. When he went to dunk his head into the toilet, the building actually blew up from the sheer amount of alcohol he consumed during that holiday season. Since then, he has struggled to find work on account of we have to constantly remind him who he is as he developed amnesia from the incident. But it all comes down to this. Now, Josh. Josh. Hey. Mm. Hey, Josh. Yeah, yeah, that's you. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's, I'm surprised you knew that story. Um, it's, it's, not it's many people have OSHA regulations named after them, um, which was actually a kind of direct result of that incident. Um, the Josh directive, don't drink too much alcohol and put mm-hmm. yourself into a, a flamed toilet. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's legendary. I remember, you know, when I used to work at Home Depot many moons ago that, uh, when we sat down and watched training videos that that was one of the things we were grilled on for five minutes. There, there was a, uh, there was a particular human being, which we will not name, but, uh, they they explained it and then they called it the Josh Directive and you know it took me some hard intensive researching to figure out that was you. Mm-hmm. Same Josh, the very same. Haley you, Joel Osment played him in the video for workplace safety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You at a precious, ripe four years of age, mm-hmm. shooting as a stunt double in Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. For I think Joe Pesci, a-, a grown man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. A we had the, hair, the same haircut at the time. <laughs> we were making the same joke there. We were making the same joke. But no, how are you doing this week, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. I've been uh, playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV with the new expansion coming out and getting back into that because I've not played in a long time. Um, so yeah, yeah. Figured I'd roll just... a new character and, and try to get into that again. I just saw the headline of an article that um, Square Enix actually has to stop selling Final Fantasy XIV. That's only in Japan, I believe. But yeah, yeah. I think it's everywhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw the it's same. It's everywhere. Thing. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's because, changed since last I checked in on it. Then. Yeah, because there are so many people trying to get into it, which is largely the bleed over from WoW. 
yeah, I think that's I think that's a big portion of it with people getting into it for the first time. But I mean, kind of this game's very popular. I think this also happened last during the last, last expansion. expansion. Like they yeah, got a, a lot huge of people boom. come back when expansions new. So I think that's the the two things happening at the same time. I think it's kind of what surprised them this time. Well, that and then fucking cryptwads buying all the uh, server hardware. Um, probably is not helping their situation either, so they can't spin up new operations to keep everything running the way it ought. Crypt Cryptwads was the uh, band title of one of the uh, Goosebumps books. <laughs> that was a little bit more X-rated. <laughs> that was the chapter of the Crips I belong to. It is in the, really in the late hard to to work your way to that ending. So. Suddenly, Alice, a, tw- a 12-year-old girl, woke up in a crypt full of jizz. And she said, what is this? And how do but I get out of here? But it's okay. She only looked like she was 12. She was actually a 100-year-old witch. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's the twist. That's, uh, it's, actually, a- it's anime. <laughs> she, she had amnesia. Uh, she, was, she was the 100-year-old witch jerking off these unsuspecting travelers and then killing them. Just filling her crypt full of uh-huh. semen. Thank you for joining us at fanfic.net this week. That's right. But thank you for being here, Josh. And speaking of amnesia, oops, it's all Rich. We have Rich Meister in here. Now, here's a story that many people don't know about Rich. He once was a writer for some of the Shonen am- anime series. He's not actually legally allowed to say which ones or he will be written out of this here Earth arc altogether, if you catch my drift. But anyways, he was fired from all of the gigs that he ever had because he refused to write anything but Christmas specials for the characters. Luffy jingling Santa's bells with a gomu gomu no jetto pistol, Midoriya facing an off-brand version of Krampus, and so many more. Ah, shit. I just told the listeners some of the ones that you wrote on, Rich. I'm sorry. We're going to save Christmas. Believe it. <laughs> no, but how you doing, buddy? Uh, much better now. Much better now. Um, I uh, past two days, I had to work a lot and ended up sleep depriving myself. Uh, possibly so I could go see Spider-Man in the middle of the night on Thursday. Uh, there were some other... Told- when you told us about that last weekend, I was like, dude, you're going to fucking die. And you're like, no, I'll be fine. And then I messaged you early Friday morning like, I'm fucking dying. Can we move the show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like such an asshole. So a little behind the scenes, we, uh, we usually record this show Friday night for those two. It's Saturday morning for me. And uh, I was in bed Friday night. And I get a message from Rich. Well, we all get a message from Rich. Hey, can we move the show? I'm really sorry. And I was like, huh, huh. No, yeah, I, was, I was perfectly okay with it. But I, I was like, the, the weekend I, I, that I figured you were going to die, you in fact died. Yeah. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, like, I, I thank you guys for being so understanding about it. And I know, you know, it's not something I would do every week. And I felt so bad about it. But I literally was like, I don't like it was only like 10 o'clock in the morning. I want to say when I was messaging it. But I'm like, I was literally like, I don't think I can do this. I, ha- I, I got to see if they'd be cool with this. It's all good, man. It's all good. That shit happens. So, But the moral of the story is 
it was worth it. Uh, a couple a couple of our patrons have had private conversations with me about Spider-Man already. Uh, that's a... What a fucking movie. I, I, like, I don't want to encourage people to go to movie theaters because it's dangerous, but I'll say I'm glad I saw it in a movie theater. Hell of a flick. Hell of a flick. Hell of a Spider-Man. Well, dude, I'm glad you're here. Um, we're, as much as I want to talk about Spider-Man, even though I haven't see it, seen it, we are not here to discuss that. Or maybe we are, you know. My, Miles Morales did come out this year, did it not? Or uh, was that last, last year. Last year. Dude. Yeah, okay. I knew I was wrong on that as soon as I said, said it. And I was like, I'm going to just let them correct me on that. I, I was thinking, I was like, I should try and replay Miles Morales this week. It is a Christmas game. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But no. Um, Rich, I'm glad you're here, and my name is Shay. I'm going to be the host of this year's Dagger Tooth Awards. I forgot the name of them for a second. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one who has amnesia, but no, um, I'm hosting this year's Dagger Tooth Awards. I'm really excited to get into some of our selections and um, kind of deliberate. But before we get into the deliberations of the game of the year, I'm going to quickly recap the past two weeks' winners, both for our own memory. And for you, the listener, just in case you miss those shows, because I imagine that some of those selections may or may not play into the ranking of some of our lists. Um, I imagine that there, there's the possibility that, you know, I think or they think, oh, you know, I, I like this game. I think it was probably like a six or seven on my top 10 game of the year. And then we have these discussions and it's like, you know. I think I thought about that game, or I think that game is a better game, and I thought about it more importantly than I think I originally thought, and I know that's a lot of thinking and thoughting, but... Um, Thunking. Yeah. All of that. All of that good jazz. So, it's good to recap. Tub so, for thunking. week one, we had favorite voice acting performance as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. What was his name again? Uh, I'm so I feel like such an asshole. I had it on the tip of my tongue. Let me just verify that again. While you're verifying that, I'm going to keep running through. Favorite menu screen music is Cyber Shadow. Favorite song is Strange Quest from Eastward. Favorite soundtrack is Eastward, which I'm so glad we selected that now that I finished that game. Uh, most accessible game, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. And favorite sound design is Metroid Dread for re- week one. Rich, do you have that name for me? I have the, uh, the thing pulled up. Uh... So sorry, so sorry, everyone. Uh, Jason Cavalier. Thank you. That's the, the name. That's the name. I had the first name, but I couldn't. Like the last name was escaping me. That's a name you shouldn't forget. Jason it's a good Cavalier. name. Mm-hmm. It's a good name. If that is his real name, which I'm sure it is, it's a damn good name. But for week two, favorite remaster: Super Mario 3D World. Favorite weapon: the frying pan from Eastward. Favorite art direction, Genesis Noir, and rightfully so. Rich, I, before we go any further, did you have time? I did not have time, unfortunately. I, it is in my queue, and I have started it, but I did not have time to get through it. I can say from starting it, I see the things you guys like. About, I understand the things you like about those games. Maybe not fully yet, but like I, I, I have a, an appreciation for them at the very least at this point. So you might be able to get like a lot more of an argument out of me for that game making the list because I have put some time into it. Uh, Josh, you might have to host this podcast. Cause I, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I was going to do it yesterday, but I slept for 14 hours instead. 
It went from 12 to 14. It's, you know, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Oh, rich, 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 rich. <laughs> uh, the most punchable facing gaming in 2021 is the whole cast from 12 Minutes, which I was <laughs> happy that we came to that conclusion. Favorite ecosystem is Jet the Far Shore. Um, favorite gaming mechanic is Cooperative Abilities and It Takes Two. Most influential game of 2021, Psychonauts 2. Favorite boss, Ravenbeak from Metroid Dread. Favorite character, Raz from Psychonauts 2. Still proud that I was able to convince you guys to do that one. Very happy. And favorite narrative is Eastward. Eastward got a lot of love the first two weeks. I think that's the game that got the most love. So uh, I think that's going to be interesting to see where that where game it falls. Because yeah, it's going to, exactly. you know it's going <laughs> to. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere. But now, let's start the final week of the 2021 Daggertooth Awards. Let's go. First, let's reveal the winner of the Listener Game of the Year Award, as voted on by you, the listeners, at the Chomp Instagram. The winner of the year of the Listener Game of the Year Daggertooth Awards goes to Resident Evil Village. Oh my God, could you guys have expected that? Yes. Resident Evil Village won. And uh, I got to tell you guys, uh, all week I've been running those polls in an effort to try and figure out what would be voted on. it was pretty interesting to kind of see what people were voting on on the initial on the initial few polls at the beginning. So uh day one, you know, was kind of icing out a lot of the ones that weren't weren't gonna make it, obviously. Uh day two, Resident Evil Village went to bat against Deathloop and almost lost. Uh, Ratchet and Clank beat Guardians of the Galaxy. It takes two overwhelmingly trounced Tales of Arise. And uh, Kenna, uh, an underdog, ended up beating Death's Door. We pushed into day three where um, Village went against Ratchet and Clank, and It Takes Two went against Kenna. Village overwhelmingly, not overwhelmingly, decently <laughs> beat Ratchet and Clank, and It Takes Two trounced kenna to no one's surprise so the final round was between village and it takes two 57 percent of people voted for resident evil village thus giving resident evil village the listener game of the year which uh i'm not surprised about i'm not surprised about at all i think that game really took the world by storm and it was a great return to form so not surprised that the uh, listeners voted for that. You guys pretty, mm-hmm. you guys lines up for you that's, guys. You think that's a a pick I, that makes sense to me. Um, I, I also think you know I love it takes two. Maybe there's an unfair advantage there because every vote for it takes two is technically two votes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I was trying to pull up our listener game of the year uh, previously, <clears throat> so. In 2017, it was Breath of the Wild. 2018, it was God of War. I don't have one for 2019. I don't know if we skipped that year or I just 
forgot to type it in. It was such a bad pick you threw out. It's like, no, no, we're not writing this down. Revisionist history. Yeah, maybe. Last year's was uh, Last of Us 2. (coughs) Excuse me. No comment. Sorry. Uh, Last year's was The Last of Us 2, and this year's was Resident Evil Village. So I think there's a theme of AAA games winning it for the listeners. Unsurprising. That is, yeah, uh, I tried to sneak in eastward there in round one, and it got fucking destroyed by Kenna. <sighs> that sucks so bad. That sucks so bad. I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't think a lot of people have heard of that game or played it. Like, or even people have been like, yeah, I've heard of that game. I haven't really tried it out. And yeah, not surprised. It's a real media person's game. <laughs> it's a, people who spend <laughs> 20 hours a week talking about games. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think it's for the... Uh, the actual people who are really in the games. And that, like, that... Oh, that sounds so Wow, you're such a dick. I mean... <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna leave it as that. I think it's for people who are actually in the video games. <laughs> fuck it. Take that, fuck it. Take, I'm gonna, I take never, that I, I always try and be amicable and mm-hmm. not take a stance on shit like that. I'm gonna do... For once, I'm gonna be like that. Mm. It's, it's a real gamer's it's, game. It's a real gamer's game, he said. He said, <laughs> sipping on his champagne. <laughs> I don't know about that. Sipping on my old fashioned or some shit. Um, it's a, some Mountain Dew in a in a champagne glass. Uh, excuse me, I go for bourbon with a splash of Mountain Dew Code Red. Thank you very much. I'll take an eighty-five Code Red. Yes. Swirl the <laughs> Dugarita. <laughs> very, very good year. <laughs> <laughs> some barrel, some barrel aged code red. Uh, mayhaps you get me the 2011 edition of Game Fuel. That was quite a tasty year, sir. Mm. The 2016 Blackout Reserve is requested. Could you Dorito the rim? Of course, sir. <laughs> Nacho cheese or Cool Ranch, sir. That's right. Uh, just a dash of cheese whiz. Would do spicy, it for me. spicy sweet chili, if you'd please, Chives. <laughs> oh, God. But now, let's get into our personal top five game of the year lists. This is uh, one of the biggest things we look forward to all year. It's one of the hardest decisions we have to make. But a few ground rules before we begin. As it has been the past two weeks, it will go in the same order of introductions. Josh, Rich, and me. Also. We will each have a couple of brief moments to mention some runner-ups after we finish our personal top five lists. I think it's better that we just get straight into the list, and at the end we can talk about the runner-ups that almost made it, but just didn't quite. So, let's kick it off. Josh, what is your number five personal game of the year? Um, I was talking with Rich about this before we started the show, but... Uh... It was hard. It, it was a really hard year for a top five. Um, just narrowing it down, my my short list this year started with forty games on it, which that's that's ridiculous. That there were forty games that I would consider. Like you know, obviously some of them were out of that running sooner than others, but that's a lot to start with. Is things that are like okay, this this. 
you know, meant a decent amount to me this year. Um, As one does when you're a true gamer, TM. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, Badoo, after all that whittling was done uh, to that list, we ended up with Returnal at number five on my list. Mm, I did not expect that. I almost didn't expect it myself, but it like just the more I kept thinking about it and kind of, kind of comparison with everything else, I'm like, all right, this I think this is where this is going to end up landing. Um, and there is so much I like about Returnal. Um, I mean, we kind of talked uh, not last week, but the week before last about <coughs> the sound design in that game and how just outstanding it is and how it kind of really really uh makes you appreciate what they were doing with with the sound on on a next gen game um it's 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 taking a bunch of things that i like and putting them together in a way that still somehow feels unexpected it's not just kind of jammed together um and it just it works wonderfully. It is a horror over the shoulder shooter roguelike bullet hell game. Um Housemark fucking outdoing themselves with the, their first real big budget game. Yes. And I think the idea of bullet hell as a roguelike framework works so ridiculously well. Um, because they're able to kind of have the progression be based off of your knowledge of these enemies and learning how to deal with them, how, how to avoid their different patterns, how to, um, effectively take down enemies that are extremely lethal in this game. This is a game where if you aren't paying attention and go into a run after playing the game for a dozen hours, any enemy on the first level can just destroy you. Um, and I really liked that. That that That's something that I've kind of missed in my roguelikes. For a Everything while. is lethal as hell. Yeah, that oh, that game is very good. Yeah, and I, I I think I think it it like it all comes together in such a satisfying way. Like better than I expected. Better than I would have expected. Kind of going into it, like they showed a lot of it off, um, and it was still just a joy to to pick it up and and have it and just and play it. So. Having gone back to that recently when they updated so you can save in between runs, mm-hmm. I would say, like, it feels just as good as I remembered it back at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I will say this, that um, you guys talked a lot about it in the sound design area. Mm-hmm. And so I, you guys were saying it's kind of uh, a truly next gen in terms of audio design and audio engineering and whatnot. And when I heard that, I was like, you know, I could see it popping up on one of your guys' game of the year lists. So I, I wasn't sure if it was going to pop up on yours, Josh, just because I know you generally tend to like the 
indie games more as of recently, but I'm glad to see Returnal made it on somebody's list. Yeah. Because I think that for all the troubles of getting a PS5 and whatnot, <laughs> that, you know, at least it's still getting some praise mm-hmm. somewhere. It's, uh, it's, it, it's possible when our top 10 lists come out, maybe you see that somewhere else too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway done with mine, actually, Rich. I could have said that off the air, but just so you know. You know, I'm just I'm I'm glad I'm getting a progress update from everyone because you got three days to get those in my hands. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I didn't want to do my top five list until after I kind of discuss it on the podcast. That's that way I can kind of collate my thoughts and organize totally them more fair. succinctly. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, I'm now realizing that Josh has to edit a podcast, and I'm extending that deadline to the 23rd. <laughs> oh, yeah, <idea. laughs> but yeah. Well, thank you, Josh. Number five is Returnal for Josh. Rich, what is your number five choice of game of the year? As Josh alluded that we were discussing, boy, doing a top ten, let alone a top five this year, was fucking difficult as hell. After much thought and moving things around constantly, I am proud to announce that my number five game is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, that is low. I did not expect that. Hmm. Uh, really? That's there's a lot of good games this year, Shay. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I'm glad you're informing me just now. I I'm glad I could bring that news to your door. Um, yeah, no, I fucking love this game. Like, in any other year, five might seem low for anything, but dude, oh my god, there's so much stuff I wanted to fit into a top ten this year. It's insane. Like, so many things racing through my head, but just that game. The the only other like marvel branded thing in the world of video games recently that i think is is better than this is this the spider insomniac spider-man games uh like Mm. these are par none for the thing they're trying to do great characters great story the action feels amazing and it takes from some of the some of the best games of the past 20 years in my opinion and things like mass effect and uncharted bleeding through into this like over the top well written and well acted uh marvel game like i i love comic books but yeah as you may have noticed from other games we've talked about on these podcasts in the past i'm not unwilling to shit on them when they make a terrible comic book adaptation <laughs> looking at you avengers mm. uh but yeah no we we talked at nauseum about this game i feel like on a couple of other things but it's just it's so good it's such a great game that's fair yeah i like i know you're such a big marvel fan and the fact that you said that it takes some of what mass effect does and makes it better that's why i was like oh there's no way it's not going to be anything less than top three so it's I'm a, a little, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked it was a tight ship for top three this year, baby. Yeah, a tight, tight-ass ship. Yeah, it's going to be fun to get down to there. So, Okay, number five, Guardians of the Galaxy for Rich. Okay, so I didn't write my, I didn't write my top five list down on my big document that uh, here on my computer. Let me pull it up on my phone really quick because I keep everything on my phone. Mm. Um, no, so number five for me kind of went back and forth, and I ended up settling on Genesis Noir for my number five i would have loved to have put it higher but as you guys said uh some tight contention this year mm-hmm. genesis noir i've said a lot about it over the past few weeks so i'll try and kind of briefly recap some of those things without being too verbose the 
the visuals are just stunning in and of itself first off um it is such a technically impressive game for it being an indie game and just the way the visuals are used alone are insane you are experiencing this sci-fi noir story and you're trying to figure it out and the visuals play a pivotal role into that into capturing what the story is trying to say in all the different places it goes because it really goes places um you know it looks towards the future it looks towards the past and it references some historical events loosely and it kind of just takes all of those and just spins it together in this giant churn and the visuals play such an integral part to that and not only that the the audio the 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 music and the audio also play such an integral part to that story coming to life as well and there's this musical journey that you go on with everything else happening and you actually have some control over that as you are solving these puzzles and you're moving through some of the more interactive movie game style elements of the story that it just it it creates such this this unique experience unlike anything i've ever played period not just this year but i believe firmly that this game is unlike anything that any listener here is listening to will have ever played. There is nothing like this game that exists, unless it's super underground and it doesn't have the budget to be on the scale of um, being incredible. The, the, the story is fascinating too. Um, I won't get into that too much just because I want people to experience it firsthand, but the, the story is fascinating in and of itself because it is a noir story, but that and in certain ways even though it resonates throughout the entire game at moments you're not necessarily focusing on that you're aware of it but it kind of drops back and the game forces you to think about other things as well while this story is happening it kind of it reminds me of and this is such a bad analogy but in some ways it, it makes perfect sense that it reminds me of something like the walking dead where you know, you're always aware of the zombies and at certain points you are focused on the zombies, but then you kind of are pulled away from that and you're thinking about other things like human nature, um, instinct, savagery, things like that. But then the zombies are kind of brought back in and then you're focusing on those again. And that to me is kind of like what the story is like. You're focusing on this, this noir story, but then that kind of just goes to the backdrop for a little bit as you're thinking more about time and space and um everything that in, involves in that and i'm trying to be as vague here as i can as to not <laughs> spoil the story i know i'm i'm being very vague but that's intentional i i will just simply say that this game as far as i know and i'm 99.9% sure by the time you hear this if you're listening to it Shortly after this podcast comes out, it is still on Game Pass, and it is absolutely worth the five to six hours to sit down and play this game. Because um, even if you don't necessarily like it, you're going to walk away saying, I've never played anything like this. And yeah, that doesn't I'm happen just, too often. It doesn't. And I'm super curious to see how this game influences 
um, both indie titles and just game develop game developers and what they do with this in general because it is such outside the box thinking. So Genesis Noir, my number five pick for game of the year. And Rich, I can't wait for you to play this game. I really can't because uh, I think that, yeah, like I said last week, you're going to look at this game and be like, man, I wish I would have played this game for some of these categories. Maybe so. it'll be a uh, best game I played last year. Uh, yeah. for, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. The uh, best game that yeah. you played this year that didn't come out this year. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see that. So, Josh, number four. What is your number four game of the year? My number four this year um, is one that I'm I'm normally it's four and five both kind of surprised me. Like I I I knew going into this my top three, um, but four and five, um were ones that I mean you kind of like you said you were so surprised by Returnal are ones that are not normally my sort of a thing but they were done so excellently this year that they just they spoke to me in their own way they um, they and uh, Rich do you have any idea they what, uh, it's, four, four mm. and five they is Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like this is going to be. Oh, no, he wasn't saying the title. I was thrown off by what you. uh, Okay. Continue. (laughs) Anyway. um, But yeah, number four is is also kind of that same vein. It's it's not something I normally get into. Um, But this year, it it just rose to the top. Um, My number four this year is Moon Down. Ah. Um, which is a hand penciled horror game, sort of. Uh, it's got a lot of that sort of early survival horror sort of a feel to it, sure. uh, where, you're, where you're you're thrown into a place and have very little resources to try to make your way through it and figure figure out the mystery of everything going on in this little mountain village where your grandfather just died and who, uh, who, who raised you as a boy. Um, and you have to come back and try to get your grandfather's affairs in order. Um, in this little mountain village, um, and all the sort of psychological and supernatural horror that, uh, ensues from that inciting incident um and it is just just a gorgeous experience um ends up it it it, it, uh the the art style in this game is something that will stick with you for a long time and like we've seen a lot of you know kind of hand-drawn type things in games in the past, but they're always kind of done as like a 2d sort of paper craft looking art style. Um, 
This looks more like somebody's sketchbook based off like screenshots I had seen. Yes, it's a it's 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 a weird sort of thing. It looks like someone's sketchbook, but it is completely in 3D and it's done in a way that basically anywhere you stand it looks like it could just be a sketch someone's done of it. But as you walk through it just it always looks like that. It is um it ends up feeling Um, very real for something that is sketched, um, which is interesting. Normally you'd think with, you know, an art style that abstracted, um, it'd be hard to get that sort of sense of place that you'd really need to get the horror across. Um, but it really works. Um, in a way that surprised me. It's, it's such a cool game. Um, yeah, I enjoyed hearing you talk about it during last week's show. Um, I wish, you know, of course I could have played these because I always want to play these games because these lists are so personal and I want some kind of frame of reference for you mm-hmm. guys. That way you guys aren't just explaining these amazing games at the end of the year. And we, we just kind of sit here <laughs> bright-eyed like cool you know like i i don't like having that like surface level of a analysis but i do definitely want to play this game after hearing you talk about it for the last few weeks i'm really curious about it yeah yeah i think i think you'd dig it um i i think i think most people would it is a uh, i mean i don't know about most people horror is still one of those things that Obviously, not not everyone's going to be down for. Um, but if, if horror is your sort of thing, I, I think this is definitely one that has not gotten near enough love. Um, mm. And and I think, yeah, if if horror is something you get into at all, it is Moon Down is absolutely worth your time. Yeah. I will I will definitely check that out hopefully by this time next year so it can possibly <laughs> end up on my like Rich said games I played this year that did not come out this year list but mm-hmm. number 4 Josh's list Moon Down makes the cut Rich what is your number 4 game of the year Looks like number 4 is the horror rank baby it's mm-hmm. Resident Evil Village clocking right. in at number four First for me. sighting of that game. Yeah, we obviously it was the, the listener game. Uh we talked about that game a lot at different points here. I I mean my my easy selfer wise Resident Evil Village for me is I like Resident Evil. I've always liked Resident Evil. Prior to this, I would say like in terms of like tone and feel four and seven were both pretty up there for me in terms of Resident Evil games that I feel like are just really stand out in that series. Um, seven's a little harder to say that with confidence because it's so new comparatively, but four was definitely like my absolute, the peak of the series to me and to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And Village takes a lot of the stuff seven did right and brings it back to join it with the stuff that four did that people loved um, and the reason people go back to four endlessly. And the, it's not per, it's not a perfect game by any stretch, but it is campy stupidity 
with some of the best gameplay and tone the series has had in a, in a really long time. And I, Shay, you and I both put a lot of time into that game this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this. I, I don't have a lot of nostalgia outside of Resident Evil 2 with the series. I, I, I played a little bit of 4. I know I need to rectify that and I will. It's on everything, I, Shay. There's no excuse. <laughs> it's, it's trying to get that Skyrim money. No, I, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the series outside of two, and I really enjoyed seven, despite it having its shortcomings. This felt like a modern greatest hits. It's like if Mariah Carey decided to sing all her Christmas songs now and putting a modern spin on it. That's kind of what that game feels like to me. And it's a good thing. That's what I'm saying. Mariah Carey is the queen. And uh, Resident Evil Village, yeah. Awesome game. So it makes sense. I, I'm, again, I'm surprised it's not quite higher on your list, which I'm starting to narrow down what I think your, your top three are going to be, Rich. Josh is always a wild card because he always has some indies that he throws in there that I never expect. But. I th- Rich, I, listen, I th- I've been pretty vocal about what I think the best game this year was. <laughs> That's true. That is uh, Fight Night. I swear to God, if yeah. that makes your top three, I'm going to fucking punch <laughs> my goddamn wall. Fight Night's but, pretty cool. Like, I have shouted from the mountaintops multiple times this year what I think the best game this year was. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'll, I'll be curious to hear you confirm <laughs> that. But uh, number four for Rich Resident Evil Village. Now, my number four um, is a little bit, for me, it's a little bit controversial just because uh, I recently played it. Eastward is my number four. I felt I felt conflicted. I wanted to put it higher on the list, but I also know I just played it. So I feel like that would be a little bit of recency bias. But I, I do want to say this. I spent almost a month playing this game, just picking away at it here and there when I had free time. Because I didn't have a lot of free time. You know, I was getting a lot of stuff done. And I, you know, I was just picking at this way this at this game picking away at it when i could and i had an absolute blast with this game so of course it had to make my top five there are a lot of really cool things going for this game um like like i half jokingly half seriously said that it is a gamer's game it harkens back to the older style of zelda the um the I don't know, there there are elements of the NES and the Super NES versions of Zelda in this game, but it has mm. such a deep, a deeper, I shouldn't say deep, a deeper story that is happening in this game, and it's That's really fascinating. I, I know that sure, Josh I and Rich joked around a lot about it being akin to something like Gurren Lagann, which they're they're not wrong, but there are elements of this game that really stick out to me such as the character development is awesome in this game i i i really got more attached to certain characters than i thought i would and Mm -hmm. um there there's kind of an ebb and flow of the cast in this game and when certain characters are off screen i wish they were back on screen uh to put it as vague as i possibly can or when certain characters did show up, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I, you know, I really wanted to see this character. 
There are mm-hmm. some really heartfelt moments because they do such a good job with the character development in this game. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this game won the soundtrack of the year, and for damn good reason. This soundtrack is phenomenal. I will say that. It's so, on the Spotify repeats all, all the time, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been one that after I've beat the game, I listened to for about four or five days, and I was like, "What's stopping me from just playing this game again?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, nothing. But, um, the combat is really solid in this game. That I think one of the things that rightfully so that kept it off from being higher on the list is you are introduced to a lot of not a lot, I should say, probably about seven weapons with uh the main character, um. And then, how did I forget her name? Sam. Sam, thank you. Uh, Sam has a few powers that if you spend the time to find them, you can unlock as well, which are very helpful. I love the synergy between those two characters. However, I didn't feel like I needed all those weapons and abilities. I ended up sticking with a select few. And that's not necessarily bad on the game by any stretch. Just that um, when I found what worked for me, I stuck with it. And I, I felt, I almost felt a few times that I wanted the game to prompt me to use some of these other abilities and weapons more in a more creative way. Because everything else in the game that is happening is so creative and investing that I wanted them to give me a reason to use these weapons more other than just for fun, you know what I mean? Prompting, like, giving me a reason to use them. And there are those moments, but I wish they weren't so few and far in between. But this is not a review on the game. This almost is sounding like a review because I haven't had the chance to talk about this on the podcast um, at all. Because yeah, For I things was that sound it. more like reviews, read my review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, this game is awesome. It's not going to be for everybody. It is a top-down, retro-style looking game. It is a gorgeous-looking game. The story is awesome. The character development is awesome. The music is awesome. Um, one other really cool thing I want to shout out here is they have a game within a game. It's called Earthborn, and it's very uh, Dragon Dragon Quest-inspired, and it is a uh, roguelite game as mm-hmm. well. It is a really cool game. I, I love the fa- that fact. And they also have other awesome mini games in this game as well. So, um, And it has in-game amiibo. It does. It does have in-game <laughs> amiibo. And my, by far, my favorite thing of this game, um, and I mentioned it to you guys, and I'm actually going to reach out to the uh, composer just on this basis alone. The cooking music in this game is my absolute favorite thing from this year. I'm not even kidding about that. It's not the it's cooking good. itself. It's the fucking cooking music. It's pretty that good. I like as a as a drummer, percussionist, whatever you want to call me it, that hearing the fact that um Joel Corlitz made a a song, a very fucking catchy song. There there's a little bit a tiny bit of uh notes happening in the background with something else, but it's so catchy. By just the simplest of clanking dishes in the kitchen. That's what it sounds like. But it's melodic. Is it's fucking so great. Mm-hmm. Insane. Like from a musician's perspective, that is insane. And uh, 
my favorite thing out of gaming this year was that fucking song. I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to be messaging Joel Corlitz about that. I'm going to be like, hey, I need to get you on an episode of Evoking the Sublime. Just off this song alone, I want to talk with you about this song and just geek out. But um, mm-hmm. this game is awesome. I, I've been trying to tell people, like, play this game. And I told you guys about this last week. My friend who I told them last year to play Ickenfell, I told them this year play Eastward, and they've been loving it. So um, oh, yeah. just check this game out. Just trust us on this. This game is phenomenal. I know it's going to pop up on lists again. Check it out. My number four pick, Eastward. So Great pick. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to not, not hear you guys bring it up on your guys' list. Josh, <laughs> number three. I have no fucking idea what this could be, Josh. Hmm. What is your number three pick of this year? My number three pick for this year is Psychonauts 2. That low. Man, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be number two or number one. Psychonauts mm. 2. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we talked about this a ton, um, kind of in the last few weeks where, where it's come up. Um, but for, for anyone who's somehow coming into our game of the year shows at the end, um, Psychonauts 2 is a sequel to one of my favorite games of all time that it's funny if you go, it's the sequel to Psychonauts and then you just stop talking. Yeah. You know, somehow decided to come out. A decade and a half afterwards and picks up every interesting thread that was in that first game and runs with them as well as still feeling relevant and modern within that framework not not changing everything for no reason just just to be modern but making that original story still feel relevant. Um, and, and that on its own is impressive. But then on top of that, it's, it's still really fun to play, even though they've kind of retooled a lot with, with how the game operates. It's still really funny. Uh, the, the comedy is still just top tier. Uh, and then just the, the subject matter of, of dealing with some really heavy topics in a way that doesn't belittle them, but feels somehow still joyous and hopeful throughout um, mm. is really cool. It's, it's really, it's really something to see that done that well. Um, yeah, I was really happy that this game finally came out for you, Josh, because you have been, as I've said many times over the past few weeks, you have been singing the praise of this game for years. Um, such a big advocate of this game, wishing more people had played this game, wishing I had played this game. Yeah, I, I was just, I was, honestly, I was tickled pink for you that this game finally dropped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just tennis? remember, remember those... I remember the first two days of launch and I forget what was going on that like we had no real chance to sit down and talk about it. I think we might have taken that weird week off because we had to record at a weird time or something. Mm-hmm. And there was like a five day stretch where I'm like, I really want to talk to Josh about Psychonauts. <laughs> where I'm like <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It happens, but we got to talk about it today and the mm. past few weeks. And Josh, you immortalized it in your top five for all of time for 2021, coming mm. in at number three. I have, uh, I, uh, just so you guys know a little bit behind the scenes for both you and the listeners, I have now written what I think your guys is, the rest of your guys' picks are going to be. Uh-huh. Um, Josh, I'm pretty sure I know what your number one is now. And okay. Rich, I'm less sure I know what your number one is, but I think I know <laughs> Again, what your number three I've is. I've said it out loud multiple times. It's, yeah, it's kind of strange. This, I guess you need to keep people in suspense. We, 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 we yeah. 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 Or I just don't listen well enough and I'm Apparently. a bad friend. It could, it could also be that. Yeah, or you, you thought too. it was a joke. You too, it's listener, not. might have a clue if you'd listened to yeah. our show for the last few months. And yeah, and Rich keeps on mentioning it. So yeah, Rich, Josh I knows do... exactly what it is. I know he does. <laughs> I do think I know your number three, though, Rich. But I could be wrong. Okay, mm. Are you ready? Are you ready for me to say it? Yeah, yeah, go for it. My number three game is Metroid Dread. Okay, that's not what I wrote. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, um, so Metroid Dread uh, came out this year, the proper Metroid 5 in the main Metroid series. I fucking love Metroid. Um, it's been so 18 fucking years since we've had a proper installment in this, and yeah. it did not disappoint me. Like, in a year where it felt like we weren't getting a ton of AAA stuff for the Switch, it stands out. Um, yeah. It is classic Metroid through and through. I think some of the stuff it was leaning on, like saying was going to be gimmick, be the gimmick of it, like the Emmy shit didn't feel quite as impressive. But on the whole, it was fun to play. It was not like a weirdly overbearing game. And I that's a thing I feel like Nintendo has had trouble with in some spots the past few years. It just it felt like the thing it was supposed to be. And even in the stuff, even the stuff like the Emmys, which felt a little less than intuitive, wasn't a strong enough presence to bog the rest of it down. It just, mm-hmm. it, it was a modern Metroid that looked good, ran good, had a good soundtrack. And yeah. it, I, I want to say I marathoned through that thing in two or three days. I know we all got through that pretty quickly. Um, and we're excited talking about it a lot. It just, man, that classic Samus story has finally like wrapped in a way and in a weird way that felt really stupid, but also really awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Metroid Dread is, yeah, it, it it's the game that I didn't know I needed uh, that came out this year and wowed me. Yeah, yeah, what a surprise for them to announce that this year, release it Be like, it it's out in October. And yeah, it just out of nowhere, out of nowhere. We you just guys get a brand to... new mainline Metroid game, and, and it turns awesome. out to be that good. You guys were trying to make me forget about Metroid Prime 4, and it kind of worked a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what, Rich? Your number three is Metroid Dread for Game of the Year, and my number three pick for this year is Metroid Dread as well. Wow, look at us, <laughs> twinsies! Look at us. This is the only time I think we're going to be twinsies this year. It's time but... to gang up on Josh and beat him into submission until he admits that that's the number three game of the year. <laughs> that's right. Retroactively change your list, Josh. God damn it. No, I... This was my first true for- foray into Metroid. I've played some of the other Metroid games. I've never sat down from beginning to end and just played through it. I really love this game. I've obviously gotten into Metroidvania games a lot over the past five years. And it was cool to play a modern Metroid game and see where the inspiration that a lot of my favorite games of the past five years get it from. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Metroid Dread is a fantastic game. It is very modern. They add some new abilities, from my understanding, to make the game even m- more... It, how do I say that? It's, there are more diverse ways to play the game than there already were on top of that. Uh, some of the boss yeah. fights are absolutely epic in this game. I love Did win our best boss fight, fight of the year. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Did I mention that, actually? You did. Think- you did. At the oh, top of the sure. show, you mentioned yeah. that. Okay, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. We mentioned the Raven Beak fight, yes. Okay, good. Uh, had some amazing boss fights, some cool exploration elements that um, left me frustrated and scratching my head. There are moments where I'm like, how the fuck do I get in this fucking place? And uh, really had to think about it. And like, I know that's, that's like a not such a glowing endorsement, but that is sometimes how I like playing video games. I like getting angry enough to make me want to figure something out, you know? I, yeah. I need to feel something in order to make me care about it. Yeah, and, this, is, uh, uh, this is the first Metroidvania I've played in quite some time where the main progression is hidden behind a hidden wall at one point, which that, that, that's, that's something that most games just don't have the stones to pull. But uh, Metroid has always had the stones to pull that. Yeah. And in fact, this is probably the Metroid where they're the most easygoing about it because they by default, like not at, at first, but it's a mainline progression item is the one that lets you know where invisible walls are. Mm-hmm. Um, right, exactly. It, I think to, to what you were saying, Shay, about like the frustration and stuff, I think this is the first... First game in a while, maybe like one of the few games this year, and I, for some reason, delight in this feeling. They gave me that feeling of fighting a boss like 10 times, and then be like, I need to go fucking put this down, <laughs> go do something else, and then like go eat dinner, go do a load of laundry, and then come back and knock it out at once. And you're like, okay, I was in my own head. I was in my own head. That's what yeah. happened here. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. something about that feel, that particular level of frustration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... There's there's not much more to say about this game. I know it's like weird because I had so much to say about uh, Eastward, and that's because I haven't really had time to talk about it on the podcast. But yeah. I think Metroid Dread was an awesome, unexpected surprise for mm-hmm. a lot of people, myself included. And it was a great entry title into the Metroid games. I mentioned this um, within the past few weeks, so much so that the week that it dropped, that Metroid games were in the top five best-selling like all top five, like number one slot to number five slot, Metroid games were the best selling games that week, yeah. which is awesome to see because that pretty much means that Metroid finally broke into the mainstream, which is something that it has struggled to do. Which is insane to say at this point in the Metroid series, but yeah. Hey, look, it's Samus from Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was trying when I was playing that game. I was trying to tell some of my students that, like, they'd be like, "Oh, what'd you do last week?" And I was like, "Oh, I played Metroid Dread." And they're like, "I don't know what that is." And I'd show them uh, the picture of Samus or Samus, and they're like, "Oh, from Super Smash." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from that game." Yeah, no, um, <laughs> but I mean, that's to be expected. That's to be expected. It, it of, has of that generation, I think. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, my number three pick and Rich's number three pick, Metroid Dread for Game of the Year 2021. Josh, what is your number two pick? No, my... he, didn't do, he didn't do three yet. What? Yeah, we did. We just did number three. Oh, he, went, he goes first. I lost my fucking mind. Yeah. For some reason, I thought, <laughs> like, I thought 
no, here's the thing about, that threw me off, Shay, was like before I like was really done rapping, and you obviously brought it up because you had the same one, that made me think we were breaking the order, but we weren't. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you got 12 hours of sleep? I Maybe 13. <laughs> it's okay. It's if right. anything, it was more. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, things happen. So, anyways, um, let's get into our number two picks. Now, this is getting to the nitty gritty. These are the these are the heavy hitter ones. I think uh, the ones that because like number one and number two slot is always like, is it this one? Is it that one? So, Josh, what is your number two pick? My number two pick this year is Eastward. That's exactly what I wrote. That's what. Mm-hmm. That's my number two game. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of what Shay said already um, kind of still applies. Uh, this game is a love letter to old games um, that manages to bring them together into kind of their own unique thing. Um, in, in in a really, really impressive way. Um, I mean, we kind of talked at the beginning about, you know, some of the, a lot of the inspirations from like Gurren Lagan and a lot of the sort of um, earthbound feel to a lot mm. of the character interactions and whatnot um, that are really cool. Um, one thing that I'd not gotten into um, is how they're able to make the world feel so realized, like fully realized in a way that, um, honestly, I was getting kind of some of the vibes from something like the, um, um, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah. Manga. Actually, yeah. It has um, some uh, Ghibli or Djibouti yeah. feel to some of, but like one hundred percent, like even even the manga specifically, which goes into way more like political and uh, it gets deep. It gets deep fast, and in, in like in ways you're not expecting, in 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 ways that they kind of skim over in the movie. And the movie's still gorgeous, just some of the best animation. <laughs> Um, but the, the character motivations in this are so interesting. Um, like you mentioned before with like a lot of the side characters that like have their own thing going on. So they'll kind of, they'll come and go. And every time they show up, you want to see what else it's going on. I feel the same way with like the antagonist and in seeing where that's going every time, you know, that story comes back around is really satisfying um, in a way that sometimes these like globe trotting adventures have a hard time going between the different moods. And I feel like they nail it in this um, by, by having the world feel so real and so lived in. It's, it's one of those things where, they can have something really lighthearted and joyful and you're still kind of in the back of your mind. You're still thinking about the world itself. It's some, it's not something that you can tune out. Um, 
and I think it makes the the some of the more tense moments in the game resonate more whenever you kind of have this connection to all these different people that live here and kind of know you know the kind of the, their hopes and dreams what the what they want to actually get out of this world um cuz this is not one of those you know 5 minutes into the game well it's uh, it's up to me and my three teenage friends to uh, to save the world and kill god it's it's not one of those it's it is but it those is are a, fun they are fun in their own way but this one is very much the characters have their own thing going on and kind of the big story kind of happens to them it's it's something kind of imposed on them in in yeah. a way and and i think they do a really good job of handling that mm. in eastward yeah yeah i can't disagree rich uh since it was your number two pick as well do you have anything you want to add to that uh i mean i don't want to harp on it too much because we have talked about it a lot you talked about it too but like it, for all those same reasons it, it vibed me i love those classic zelda games of earthbound of that like charming ghibli-esque storytelling and the colorful world they built and just it has as many emotional highs as it has lows and the whole time it's telling you that story and taking you on that journey it's just full of these colorful memorable characters and equally enticing gameplay like it is and that soundtrack oh it's fucking killer like it is Mm -hmm. the it is the complete package and it is i put a lot of hours into it this year and i like you were saying a little bit earlier, Shay, like, I kind of want to play it again. Like, <laughs> I, I played it on PC. I kind of want to pick it up on Switch and play it again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird how the Switch, like, just in general, makes you want to play games again just because of the transportability. I, I, yep. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, I've been thinking, because after I beat Cuphead and 100%ed it on Expert with Josh, uh, humble brag, <laughs> that I was done with the game. And recently I've been like, I should pick it up for Switch and play it again. Like, Switch has that effect. Mm-hmm. And Eastward is not exempt from that. It's amazing how quick, like, um, you can change around when it's like, oh, I love playing this game. What if I could play this game on the toilet or on my deck while I drink coffee in the morning? Like, yeah. it's like the stupidest little quality of life thing. Be like, there's a beam of sunlight hitting my face and I'm still playing Eastward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said about, um, you know, first world problems and, you know, getting your head out of technology and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's also equally as incredible that we have that technology right now. Yep. Yeah. So cool. Well, both of your guys' number two pick was Eastward for 2021's game of the year. My number two pick, do you guys have a, I'll let you guys guess this one because we haven't done that this year. Hmm. me to look at i'm honestly not sure shay's number two I'm looking now and trying to think because the stuff if that you guys is, need a hint let me know it is mm. is it psychonauts you haven't picked psychonauts yet it is psychonauts 2 that is okay. correct rich good job you All did right. have an idea and you got it because yeah, i was at first I was, I was about to say i'm like wait did you i'm like no no josh said psychonauts already yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Psychonauts 2 was my uh, number two pick of this year. I was surprised by how much I truly loved that game. And only because... I was, su- I was only surprised because the first one was 
an older game and I never got around to it. I played it out honestly out of respect for Josh. <laughs> I mean that's the, that's the true reason why I I turned that game on and I downloaded it in the first place. I don't I didn't know much about the first Psychonauts to be honest with you. Josh had talked about it a lot and you know there are times where Josh and I've said and this I hadn't before. listened. <laughs> exactly. There are times where Josh tells me to check stuff out and with my limited schedule I'm like okay, I have time for for that and then there are times where he tell, tells me to check stuff out and I'm like Okay, Josh, yeah. And then in my head, I'm like, I don't have fucking time for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel bad. Like, sometimes it is me placating him just because he has so many great suggestions that he knows I would like. And, you know, I only have so much time in a day. And this was one of those things where I was like, I don't think I'll ever get time for it. And then two was announced. It was announced for Game Pass. And I was like, you know what? I have no excuse. Yeah, the Game Pass this. thing was the big factor. I think there's no reason mm. you couldn't justify being like, I need to put an hour into this and see if it sticks. That's exactly what yep. what I felt. And instead of being like, oh, well, I, this is something to talk about with Josh for a little bit, put a few hours into it, it ended up becoming, wow, what is this amazing intro video <laughs> getting me immediately onboarded? Wow, yep. I'm really loving this this uh gameplay and this story wow this is a fucking very stylistic game this music is incredible holy shit this voice acting is phenomenal like just yep oh man it hits so many right notes uh we've talked about it we talked about it last week the voice acting in this game is superb it is superb um that is one of the biggest standouts for me from this game uh this year is the voice acting is top notch. So kudos to everybody who worked on the game who did that voice acting, uh, first yeah. and foremost. Also, um, the music in this game, another soundtrack that I have listened to multiple times. I love the music. I love how varied it is, and it fits the theme of the various levels and areas that it um, is played in so well. Love the music. Uh, there, There are some... Very jazz-heavy inspired tracks, which is right up my alley. That's another reason why I enjoy Genesis Noir as well. Um, the combat really surprised me at how much I really enjoyed it. And there, there are moments of sheer frustration with that combat as well. Um, it's limitations of the style that you're playing in. It is, and it is harking back to a PS2 era. But it's it vastly better um, than the PS2 it's one. So though. much yes. better. That was because yes. the original was a you know platformer. It it was a 3D platformer that happened to have some combat that happened to have combat abilities in it. Whereas this one, you're like okay, like maybe we can maybe we can fix the combat, and and then they did. Um, yeah, exactly. The combat feels really good in this game. Um, nine times out of ten. So that that is. That is a glowing endorsement for me. Yes. I really enjoyed the combat for the most part. I love... One of my other favorite things about this game is... We talked about it last week as well. This could have been another game for best narrative. The fact mm-hmm. that they are able to make this whimsical, fun, lighthearted story, yet it also broaches some of the heavier topics we talk about currently was a masterclass to me in showing how to toe that line so effortlessly. They talk about things like anxiety, depression, loss, um, confusion on identity, so many different things in one story, and it never feels heavy-handed. Not once. 
And I absolutely appreciate that about the game, that it was clear to me that the writers, or writer, I don't know how many writers were on this game. I'm sure there were a lot of people involved in the writing, <clears throat> excuse me, writing process. That it, it's clear that they took a lot of time and effort and they really cared about making the story feel as organic as genuinely possible. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated the story. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk too much more about this game because, uh, yeah, again, not a review, but this game is phenomenal. This is one of the games that I think people need to play. And I'm hoping that this trend of bringing back these action adventure adventure platformers these 3d style and 2d style games continues to be a trend uh not necessarily remastering them or even remaking them but adding new additions you know we talked about last week crash 4 a new game and to the entry and it was a great game this game there are there are other games and other jack uh, 4 baby there well yeah there are other series that have kind of and ratchet and clank could even you know, fall into that category. There are games that have kind of been left to the wayside that have gotten subpar entries into their their IPs. And I hope this game, with the success it has had this year, just shows that there is still a big market for these games and a lot of people still want to play these games. The quality just needs to be there for people to want to play these games. And um, I mean, the quality more than hasn't a few good been ones there this year. for a lot. So the last few years, we've really seen studios be like, oh, shit, there are people that want to play this. We just need to put the quality there. Mm-hmm. So Psychonauts 2. You mean I'm going to have to game. try? <laughs> play Psychonauts 2. So, um, yeah. Anyways, number one pick of this year. We are here at Last Boys. Josh, you are breaking us in. What is your number one pick of this year? Can I guess, actually? Is that okay? Or do you want to you just do it? You can just say if you're right. I'm, I think you've probably got it at this point, but we'll see. Um, I think it's you, Chicory. You are correct. Hey! Chicory. Yeah, hello, a Colorful Tale? A Colorful Tale is my favorite game from this year. Um, and kind of... We've talked about some of the elements that I've really enjoyed, and it's come up so far in other games this year. Um, Chicory is a, like an old-school, top-down Zelda... Coloring book. Coloring book. Um, But Zelda makes it sound way more action-focused than that. This This is much more along the lines of the sort of uh Zelda open world puzzle type stuff uh that some of those games did really well um that this game takes and kind of ratchets up to another level cuz it's got a lot of like kind of those metroidvania elements of like oh I got a I got a new brush I can go do this other thing I I've got another ability a different type of paint or whatever that I can use here um that will allow you to explore and, and see this world. Um, and they are doing such a cool job of using that, that premise of, of, you know, kind of being in this coloring book, 
to do such cool narrative uh, beats. Um, like the, the entire game, uh, the, the entire story goes so well with the game, um, with these, um, the, you, you start the game as the, the janitor to the, the current wielder of the brush. Who's, that's kind of, uh, the whole world is like this black and white coloring book, but like each, each generation, there's, there's a new wielder who gets a magic brush that can color things in. It brings color to the world. Yeah. yeah it brings color to the world and they each color the world in kind of in their own way. And you start out the game as the, the janitor to the current wielder. Um, and mysteriously the, the brush is left and all the color has left the world. Um, even though it shouldn't have. And, and so you have to figure out how to get things back to normal. So you pick up the brush, whether, whether you were supposed to or not, because someone has to, um, and go about fixing things. And there's a lot of really, um, raw and personal, uh, reasons, uh, that you'll eventually find out to why the world has gotten to the way it is. And, and, uh, did we talk about that much, Josh? Because I feel like that's such an important part of that game. And even discussing in other places, like, like we talked about it with psychonauts, like touching on like depression and like, even like deeper theme things like imposter syndrome and like, Mm -hmm. It's that game goes places. I, I, I feel like we avoided a lot of it, just but I'm kind of I'll, I'll, I'll get into it here. But, um, yeah, the I, I, I kind of mentioned a little bit during the art style thing whenever, whenever I mentioned it before, but, um, you having picked up this brush and having so much responsibility all of a sudden um kind of thrust upon you is used to great effect to show a lot of kind of different uh how do um kind of emotional hurdles um that can come with something like that. Um, and they explore it really well kind of through your, your own character, as well as the, the previous wielder who you get to know more and more throughout the game and kind of see, okay, how did, how did she deal with this? Um, with a lot of the same things that I'm going through right now. And they do, they do, they, 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 um, really effectively um, get across a lot of those kind of tough, tough ideas uh, in a game that's, you know, about a coloring dog. Um, It's, yeah. That I named pizza. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was... Pretty sure, I, pretty sure I was sushi. On my, on my first good, play through good, there. It's a good name too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't pizza. I'm a liar. I was pancake. Pancake. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, speaking of Earthbound, at the beginning, yeah. they ask you what your favorite food is. And I'm, of course, I've got. And then that's your name. Earthbound in my head. I'm like, ooh, I get to pick my character's favorite thing. I'm, maybe I'll get to name my dog. And I'm like, wait, I'm a dog. Maybe I'll get to name my human. Um, but no, that's the, that's the only, that's the only question they give you. And, and that's just your name. You're, you're your favorite food, which is, that's pretty great. I like, uh, Especially because you're a dog, it ends up being kind of cute. It is like a <laughs> like I'm a dog food is pancake. a good name for a dog. It's just it works out. Yeah, I I was not surprised at all that trickery was your number one pick. Um, after hearing kind of some of the stuff you said about it the last few weeks, I was like, yeah, this this is a game that I definitely should have made some time for just so I could have talked about it with Josh in a little bit more detail. Yeah, it's another one I it's think you'll, one. I think you'd enjoy. It's Another a, one you should definitely make. It's coming to Switch, so you should definitely play it when that happens. It came to Switch. Oh, okay, it was there immediately. That, I didn't yeah, that. it was one of those, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're uh, pretty sure. I'm not going to the store here. right now because it'll make noise, but anyway, pretty sure. I'm yeah. sure you're right. I just didn't check. Oh, yeah, which I'm excited for because that's a, that's a good way to uh, kind of get the best of both worlds. Like, I did mouse and keyboard on, on the computer, but... Uh, to to be fair, that if you're playing on the PS4 or the PS5, you can use that touchpad to draw, and that actually mm-hmm. feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but but having like the full screen to draw on, just like it's a oh, tablet, that's, that's that would that's be way perfect. better. That's way be better. Absolutely yeah. perfect. So you get the controller for moving around and whatnot, but then just get to draw on there. That's game really is I'm perfect for the Switch. I'm, I'm actually that's really looking stuff. forward to playing that on Switch again. <laughs> I'll have to check that out next year as well that'll be another one i have to check out so chicory is to no one's surprise josh's number one pick of this year rich what is your number one pick that i should know that i don't but i think i've written i've written something down that i think i know what it is even Mm. though i should all righty um it's the only game it could have ever been the the single best game released this year baby it's inscription He looks so confused. She's. I I don't believe you. I'm Why don't you for... believe me? That's the game. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I said out loud multiple times this year. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't get what his issue is. He's, somehow, somehow he's missed that the last few. Maybe he thought it was a bit. We have a lot it's of bits on bit. this show. It was not a bit. That game is fucking great. Yeah, we 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 have too many bits that what the, the bits the what do you bits mean what don't stand out from reality anymore. Yeah. What do you mean what? I can't believe you're taken back by this at all. Yeah. So Psychonauts uh, two didn't even crack your top five. No, it almost did. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Let's, let's let's not have a repeat of that stuff this year. Um, I quit. <laughs> uh, yeah, inscription. Fuck, fuck yeah, dude. Um, I know I wouldn't shut up about this game when it came out. Um, it took me by surprise. It like puts together some of my favorite weird shit in games, and I love weird games. There is weird FMV shit. There is weird uh, ARG shit. It. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, like, holds it all together is the, like, it would still be on, at least in my top ten if it didn't have that stuff. Like, the core game of it is 
fucking phenomenal. Like I love a good deck builder and it is a phenomenal deck builder. Mm-hmm. Um going even beyond just like that because it as the game continues it takes weird iterations on that. It turns into other card games. It is one of those things I I don't want to talk about too much because I feel like once you know what's happening, it sucks half the magic out of it, but it's a game I still, I, when I was talking about it initially, I, I can't believe one person made this. I literally can't fathom that one person made this. Um, it's just, it's even knowing where it goes, I kind of want to play it again. Yeah. I kind of just want to sit down and play with the cards again. It is Speaking of which, s- I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you follow, uh, fuck, my brain is just completely. Daniel Mullins? Daniel Mullins. I'm like, I'm like I know it's Mullins. What's his first name? Anyway, but, um. He's been looking for beta testers in order to make the first section of a game of the game into like a fully fledged roguelike. I have I've been following him, but I have not seen that. And I I'm ready. I'm ready yeah, to beta test. I, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, you know that part's going to get fleshed out and made into something yeah. you can play essentially, you know, forever, sort of a thing. Yeah, that sounds great. I want to go to there. Um, yeah, that game's unbelievable. Like I think. I uh, maybe Shay thought I was like speaking ironically when I was talking about how much I loved that earlier this year. Uh, that game's fucking the single most fun I've had this year, hands down. Unbelievable game. <laughs> well, there uh, you have it, folks. A card game as your number one video game pick for this year. I like I legitimately thought you were just like fucking with me, but no. I like I'm I'm not gonna give you shit for this being your number one pick. How could because, you? It's the game of the year. Know, I, I I've had some questionable picks in my time. There's nothing questionable um, about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> controversial picks. How about that? Is that the There's nothing word? controversial about this? Look look at other reviews of this game, my man. <laughs> This is literally on nobody's radar for top five. In, but... Inaccurate. Inaccurate statement. <laughs> All right. It's not on my radar. How about that? We'll just say that. But no, I, I'm just surprised that I'm more surprised. I'm less surprised. <sighs> <I'm just> <laughs> I like I usually don't get confused or bothered by this shit. Like, I, I'm I've not said truly this bothered. out just... loud multiple times for, for, for like a good month. Of shows in I'm a row there. I'm just so surprised Psychonauts 2 did not make your top five. There's too many good wait games. Re- wait till you read my top ten. You'll be really surprised. Oh, my God. I don't know if I want to read your top <laughs> ten. Uh, I don't know if I ever want to read anything you wrote anymore. That's that's a lie. I love you, Rich. But oh, I, I'm too, just, buddy. You know I, what? I, I'm just fathomed at how shocked you are by it. And you know what it is? Like... Granted, this is like again, like because if you ever do, like, I, I think if you had played this game, you'd be far less shocked. I mean, I guess. But um, there you have it. Rich's number one pick inscription. I, I'm not gonna say anything more about it. I'm I'm shocked, but let's move on. My number one pick uh is was a simple one actually. This year was very easy for me. It's Resident Evil Village. Uh, to nobody's surprise, I played the ever loving fuck out of this game. I played and beat it five times. I put a bunch of extra time into it to play some of those um, challenges and whatnot. I had a ton of fun with this game. I did not 
expect to like it as much as I did. When it was originally announced as this this gothic style game, I was intrigued. And especially with how quickly it was announced after 7 and the 2 remake, I was surprised that this game was announced as quickly as it was. I thought it was going to be on par with something like Resident Evil 6 with how quickly these games were being churned out. This game has all of the care and quality that you would want. Um, Mm -hmm. Rich already talked about it a bunch (laughs) as he talked about his number four pick. So I'm not going to add too terribly much to that. Um, I just loved how tight the, the combat was. I felt like they found a good balance between not being bullet spongy and not being too easy to kill. It -hmm. felt like each enemy that you came across was formidable. And as you continued to get further in the game, they introduced new enemies that were formidable. But still, if you figure out how to play the game, you can get past them. And I love the fact that each of the four horsemen, quote unquote, had a very different element to them. Whereas Lady Dimitrescu was a a jump scare fueled um it was very akin to to me of Resident Evil 2 dealing with Mr. X in um the police bureau or Jack the, Baker uh, in 7 Donna Benevinci- Benevi- Bene- Beneviento mm-hmm. Beneviento yes hers was just a like a horror roller coaster ride yeah. and it was a haunted getting- house basically yeah, it fucking it was awesome. And it was it was more the puzzly aspect of some of the 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 older games in Resident Evil and even some elements of uh Resident Evil 7. Some of those horror elements in that game as well. Um was Moreau his his um sequence a lot of people didn't like his sequence, but I absolutely loved it. It was just breakneck trying to solve puzzles, trying to get through this area without getting eaten by this massive mutant fish type of creature. Was, and then uh, that boss fight was actually, in all of its yeah. craziness, a ton of fun. Yeah, and Moreau kind of felt a lot like the big set piece stuff that 4 did well. Uh, kind of just the, like, okay, now we're doing this crazy thing uh, out of nowhere. Like a lot of, a lot yeah, of those really it, cool set pieces. It's one of the the quicker burn of a, a section, and I think just because it just it feels like one big set piece. Whereas even even uh, Donna Benevento is like really into its gimmick, but it's it stretches itself out a little bit longer, and then it, it just reminded me of them being like, "Hey, we need to do something that was like a lago in four. Yeah, yeah, a lago. That's fair. Yeah. So, and then uh, Heisenberg's was just action, just straight action and I keep forgetting that brian cranston was in this game i know it's weird right <laughs> i that was probably my least, into the role yeah. that's my least favorite section but i still had a ton of fun with that section mm. um the 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 boss fight was a little bit aggravating but it made me it was a different unique element to the game as well so i i don't know like it was just, it was a lot of fun even though it was aggravating I still came back wanting more. And then that final boss fight uh, very well could have been in contention for boss fight of this year because that boss fight is just fucking epic. And um, yeah, 
loved i loved the combat and i loved the uh the crazy story i've i've loved having the debates with people about how the story doesn't make sense but it actually does in this world and um the little twists and turns that it tries to shock you with that um if someone people who genuinely came up to me and were like the story for resident evil 8 doesn't make any sense i was like bro have you been playing this series for 20 years right yeah shut the fuck up and sit down no one cares right exactly so I don't. I I had so much fun with Wesker this game. died in a volcano. <laughs> I had so much fun with this game, and it resonated with me throughout the whole year. I've been wanting to play it throughout the whole year. Um, just finish what I haven't finished. Loved, loved, loved this game. So, Resident Evil Village is my number one pick for this year. So, uh, before we get into the group top five, where we sit down and deliberate what we feel like is representative of us as a group we're going to take a quick commercial break we've been uh doing this for an hour and a half we need to go you know take care of some business so uh, we're gonna we're gonna play one of our finely crafted commercials and don't go anywhere we will be right back stay tuned X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New magic store.swordjump.com. Huh? You there, boy. What news? News, sir. New graphic designs over at store.swordjump.com. New graphic designs at store.swordjump.com. That's right, sir. My God. You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those Swordchomp boys have brought Christmas On time. Aye, sir. This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! And we are back from our break. I want to give a quick reminder. I should have done it at the beginning of the show. I had forgotten to do that. We are going to be taking the next two weeks off. Kind of. Initially, we were going to take a complete two-week break from doing any kind of podcasting and stuff of that nature. Um, Rich has since received some codes for a few games. So we're probably going to do a very abridged version of the show where we get together for about an hour and just record some of the games we've been talking about because uh, there's some games we've all been playing and just to get some thoughts out and make sure there is some content coming in. Um, It won't be the typical flow of the show, obviously. So we'll be doing that. And also we will be doing our Patreon Game of the Year show where uh, they selected some categories for us to discuss and we will be doing a kind of hybrid uh, Game of the Year show slash appreciation show for them. If you're interested in getting in on that, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can check that out. And there are some awesome, awesome tiers there where you can be rewarded for your support. But I will do some more on that on the back end of the show as well. So let's get into what many people love about this show where we 
discuss, argue, debate what we feel is the group top five of the year for game of the year. Now, um, in the past, we've done this kind of numbering system, which has seemed to work well as kind of a basis. And it's if a game pops up um, higher on the list, if it's a number one choice, obviously it gets five points. It's number two on somebody's list, four points, and goes down the line there. Obviously, if a game pops up on multiple lists, that helps it out a ton. So, uh, so far, what it's looking like is, according to the point system, and this does not necessarily mean that this will be the number one pick, and it doesn't not mean that, um, Eastward is coming at number one with 10 points, it being on everybody's list. Uh, the two, three, and four spot are all going to be tied with six points between Resident Evil Village, Psychonauts 2, and Metroid Dread. And the number a five hard time spot. With that. Hmm? We had Psychonauts 2 and Resident Evil. And Metroid eight Dread. has seven. Or Metroid Dread has six. I'm sorry, what now? Metroid Dread has six. Right, that's what I said. Yeah, the other two have seven. You're right. Math is hard. You're right. Thank you very much, Josh. Look at this idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. Number two and three spots would be Psychonauts 2 and Resident Evil Village with seven points. Fourth place would be Metro Dread with six points. And the number five spot's going to be a little bit more difficult because, for example, Josh has Chicory as number one spot. Yeah, there's, there's nothing else, else that's on two lists for everything right. else past those. Exactly. So. exactly. so, the number five spot will probably be something that we have to discuss in a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. But... Let's start from here. So, um, obviously, Eastward got the most points out of, uh, out of all of us. Now, where do you guys want to start with this conversation? Or do you want me to start it off? Where do you feel the appropriate direction to head is? Because it feels weird to start there, but I feel like that's probably going to end up being our as far as collective ease game of, of the year. Uh, conversation. Maybe a good place to start. Yeah. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. I love Eastward a lot. I know you guys loved Eastward a lot as well. When I, ha when I think about these lists, I always have a hard time with picking a game as the number one spot that nobody else has ever heard of. And the, like we, we've, we've discussed this in years past and we discussed this a lot in detail last year about how, because this is our personal list, we feel like sh we should be able to pick, pick what we want and fuck the rest as rich is silently typing, which I'll just say verbally. Um, I loved Eastward a lot. You're right. Inscription should be the game of the year. I will fucking <laughs> die before I let that game be the game of the year. This guy ain't even played it! <laughs> that's why it won't be our number one pick. Um, but I, I, I feel like I would be comfortable with Eastward as a number two, even though it got ten points, because I feel like I don't think there's anything else on here that like comes across all our lists that I would put above it though. Uh well here here's one thing I will say about Eastward that I didn't mention because I didn't want it to be as a part of the review. I had a lot of problems on the Switch with this game shutting off on me and just completely turning off and 
erroring. I had a lot of issues with that. And it wasn't a one-time issue. Hmm. I had this happen to me like six times. And that's, that is a criticism I've had about Games Pass. That, is, that would be consistent. You know, I had that issue with Maneater, and I was very, very adamant about that game um, being so low on my list because of that. That is one of the reasons why this game didn't actually show up higher on my list is because I had a lot of technical issues with it. Um, and yes, I, I'm forgiving of that because it is a smaller develop, developer, it's a smaller team, and I'm understanding of that. But I also feel like there are certain games that we do have on this list that do have a lot more polish and were a more technically consistent game from beginning to end. Does that mean that it shouldn't be number one? Not necessarily. But that's why I would feel comfortable with it, more comfortable with it being a number two slot because it had those issues. Maybe that's a good place to start, I guess. But in in that, like, what what would you put above that? For well, it's one? not it's not necessarily what I would put above that for now because I think that's going to be a group thing. But I I'm saying because of that, I I feel like Eastward should be a number two. I'm not really concerned about what we put above it right now. I'm just saying that I think Eastward is the number one. As much as I love the game, and clearly as much as you guys love the game, I'm not sure it makes sense in the number one spot quite yet. But maybe there are arguments you guys have that could convince me otherwise. And I'm open to them. I mean, it didn't crash once on PC. I, yeah, I know same. Switch is a little weird to port to, so I'm wondering if because this is a you know smaller studio, that was a rougher process. I don't know how I've I've not heard about it on other platforms. Uh, is it on other platforms? I'm, I have to check this now. Uh, let me I don't verify think it that is. for you. I don't but, think it is. But I I I have heard from other smaller developers that I follow that. Switch can just be, you know, it's like they're pretty good as far as helping you out with it, but can be a little bit futzy. Getting this yeah, stuff to run the, on there. I, well, I get your Switch and PC. Okay, so only those two. But um, I, I get your point. I get your point there. I think about, and this is this is obviously a a very different case, but it, there are some similarities, vague similarities. I would say, is that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven last year or I guess technically this year, we're in kind of that gray area as we discussed at, during week one. Um, it ran a lot better on the PC. Did it run great? No. When it first came out, not at all. But it ran a lot more serviceable on the PC. Now, it, well, the, it the point like I'm a fine Skyrim <laughs> on, on PC. Fusro. Now, um, Fusro, man. What, what, what I'll say here is that I feel like if a game is to be in the number one slot, it should run good on everything. And again, I'm, I, that's why I like, I'm not saying it should be knocked super low on the list because I do respect the indie developer, the smaller developer. I mean, we've, we've, all three of us have lobbied for indie games being top spots. I mean, Hades won our game of the year last year, and that's, I think that's on the cusp of indie nowadays because Supergiant really vaulted themselves into a, higher status but because this game had technical issues that's why i feel like number one just doesn't make sense even if if it ran so beautifully on every system it did if it was on like a hades 
then that would make perfect sense to me. Hades runs flawlessly on every system you play it on. That is an achievement unto itself because that is also a small indie developer, a smaller studio. And uh, Super Giant, not so much. Well, I still think they are a smaller studio. I mean, they don't have massive amounts of money backing them. They don't have a massive team. They kind of do have massive amounts of money backing them. They're a very successful studio. Well, now, yes. because So, yeah, uh, when they were developing Hades. No, I don't think they have the level of money. Been around for, what, 12 years at that point? Exactly their first hit, hit. That doesn't mean they have the massive amount of money that something like Capcom can put behind it. Well, I'm not comparing them to Capcom. They're still a very well-off studio. How would you know that? How do you know their bank statements? Their size and their production output, their art output. Like, uh, but the, where, where the, are you coming from saying they're not? I'm not saying they're, they're not. I'm saying they are you still are, technically... You are, though. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I'm not. Here's, like, you're not even listening to me. So, first off, in, in accordance with your point, Gen Z, the art director and the art creator, has been there since day one, since Bastion. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, you're not saying that <laughs> at all. That's not what you're saying. That was not your point at all. Your point is that they have a ton of money. We don't know that. I said, they, we were, do know- I said they were well off. You said they are now. And right. then I said, yeah, they, they, were, they were when they were developing Hades. Like they, isn't like There's they no were way su- for us to know that, though. But you agreed. I agreed what? It doesn't, that- it doesn't matter. I don't understand what we're saying. I, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying after Hades came out, yes, I would probably consider That's, them on the fringe of between indie and a major developer. And I, I, I would consider them after, after, that after game Bastion came out, came out. I would consider after Hades came out that they are probably well off now. I don't know about before, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know about before. There's speculation there, and that doesn't even matter. I mean, they were an indie developer who was able to keep their entire staff around between games. I don't think that has to do with money. I think that has to do with not being a piece of shit developer slash studio. I think that has more to do with that than money. But I'm sure money plays a part into that as well. Anyways, we're, get, we're getting off track here. The, the, point, the point I was trying to simply make was that the, Hades plays good on all of the platforms. Eastward does not. Which is why I don't think it should be the number one slot. However, it is an amazing game. And I would like to recognize that. And I think number two would make more sense. Because it still is an impressive, amazing game. Just... If it ran better, then yes, I would be my, willing to. I'm I'm put I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, and this just to be a, a ploy to make it a three way race between the ones that are behind this because we already had a two way, and and it just wasn't wasn't uh, a difficult my, enough conversation. So that's that's the whole reason this is coming up. Like I get what you're saying, but my concern is like, what is the thing that we would all agree that is better than eastward that deserves i'm not one. i'm not worried about that i'm just well that's literally the only that. thing that matters if there that's isn't the only anything there, from being number no, one you don't knock something to number two unless there's a reason for something to be better than it that's there's there's not no we, we'll, all right i don't we'll, think he, it'll you still guys be our, it'll still be our favorite of game of the year but we're, we're just starting a list at number two we'll, we'll, we'll do it that way 
because we because it could be slightly better if it ran. Did you guys wake Twitch. up cranky today? I'm literally just saying that I don't think Eastward is good enough to be the number one slot simply because there are a lot of technical issues. And you've I don't yet... have. To... Well, but... Can you just let me finish? Neither we of you guys have twice. let me finish one point. No. Just hear me out. I don't have an idea for the number one slot. That is why we have these discussions. And that's the whole point here. I'm not saying anything should be above Eastward. I'm saying I think for now, which is what I was trying to say before you guys continue to interrupt me, that for now, until we come up with a better, more cogent argument that we can all agree on or a, a cogent discussion that we can all agree on, that Eastward, I feel, is good for the number two slot for now. That's all I was trying to say. That way we could explore the possibility that there could be a number one that is we consider is better than Eastward. And if there's not, then yes, we can move Eastward back to the number one spot. I'm saying I don't think we should lock in. Let me even make it more broad. We shouldn't lock in Eastward as the number one slot or anything as the number one slot right now. That was the only point I was trying to make. And I was obviously targeting Eastward because it's in the number one slot. That's the only reason. And like I said at the beginning, we use this point system as a basic analysis, but it shouldn't be the only thing we base it off. That's all I was trying to say. I wasn't trying to shit on Eastward. I know you guys love that game. I love that game too. But I just want to make sure we leave no stone unturned. That's all I was trying to say. You guys jumped my shit before I even got to say any of that. (laughs) I I jumped your shit because I was getting confused about why we're locking something in at number two. Like, I didn't say locking. I, I said put. I want to put it there for now, so we have the possibility of hey, maybe actually this makes more sense as being the number one. That's all I was trying to do. That's it. All right. All right. I mean, I, um, it seems. Let's start at number five. Yeah, like it, I. That's what I'm. Yeah. I don't see a reason to put anything anywhere then if that's the point like we hadn't put anything anywhere like well, nothing's I mean, if locked you guys feel in like we normally should kinda... be number one make the case for it then well like, i feel i feel like it's weird to just dis- to discuss what the game of the year is first like i feel like we should start at five it's never been that way we always just discuss where we like where we want to discuss where somebody wants to jump in that's where we go like there are, there have been years rich and like again you don't know this because you haven't listened to all the past previous years which maybe you should at this point but um, i was gonna just be a dick like i don't know man they're pretty boring no <laughs> well, i mean sometimes those conversations much like what's happening here sometimes it gets tough to listen to well think about how i feel with simply like trying to not shit on eastward but saying let's be open-minded and you guys took it in a completely different direction but anyways, that was a, that was I a completely very long misread let's be open-minded <laughs> I got I, I very much misread everything you were saying because it was coming off very strangely to me. Like, well, understand that. I know listening is hard, but anyways, um, for so me, yeah. sometimes we st- started at the number five spot. Sometimes we started at the number sl- one slot. Sometimes we started in the middle. Like, there's no like, let's do the number five. It's not rigid like that. That's, I mean, we 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 start where we feel like we want to start here, and that's where like because. I don't know. I just I don't feel comfortable yet putting Eastward at the number one spot. So that's that was the thing that stuck out. The Give most it a few me, minutes, which is why mm-hmm. I wanted to discuss that. So 
Anyways, I mean, if you guys want to talk about the number five, that's fine. I think that's going to be a harder one just simply because uh, these are the four games that I mentioned previously that are on all of our lists. Yeah. Um, to find some kind of consensus for number five is going to be a little bit interesting. So, for example, if I'm looking back at the list, um, Chicory is Josh's number one. Now, Rich, you didn't put that on your list, but you played that. No. And you no, enjoyed it- that game. I think that game could easily have a spot here, but I think it's harder because you didn't play it at all. Right. And I think, you know, like all jokes aside. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Both both these number fives have got that exact, the identical problem. We played both of them. Shay's not. Uh, Yeah. Same thing with inscription. Josh played it, didn't put in his top five. Rich played it, loved it. I haven't played it. So it doesn't mean that either of those games can't make the top five. It it is a bit of a, it'd just be a harder sell. Yeah, and it's like the same thing with like Genesis Noir. I, I was going to bring that up. Number five spot yeah. didn't even make Josh's top five. Uh, Rich didn't well, even play it. Th- that's the funny thing with it not making Josh's because I was even going to tell you, Shay, like when you put it on number five, my immediate thought was, I've played enough at this point now that I could probably be convinced that that deserves a number five in the group spot. Like that mm. is a good game. Like the, the reason why I would put it at number five simply is because I think of I know we chose Psychonauts 2 as the most influential game. I still firmly, personally believe that this game is going to be really influential as well. I mean, not to take anything away from Psychonauts 2 or Ratchet and Clank or Guardians of the Galaxy, because those were all in discussion as well. But yeah, um, I could also see even Guardians of the Galaxy, even though it made your number five list rich and it didn't make Josh's and obviously didn't yeah. make mine. I could see that being a number five because that was... I mean, I'm, it's more, a real great game. Yeah, I really like it too. I'm also not as comfortable with that because it's, it's buggy. Um, oh, it is? Okay. Like it's, it's not super buggy, but there, there are little some things stuff. here and there. Like There are a couple dialogue triggers that don't work properly in the game. Um, mm. that the, there was nothing I experienced just, that yeah. really bogged down my gameplay in any way, but I know people had trouble with some stuff. Yeah, just, just yeah. minor things here and there. But yeah, since we were already having that discussion earlier and that's no no that's lower com- that's completely valid lower completely on uh valid. on rich's list anyway um right yeah right yeah um let's see here josh you had ret- moon down rich you didn't play moon down right i did not know yeah that's that's a that's a bit of a tougher sell for a conse- yeah. or a group top five little uh, preview into my top 10 returnal is actually my number six <laughs> i was just gonna ask about returnal um if i'm if i'm looking at my top 10 um returnal is not a bad choice either because i know both of you guys really enjoyed that game um if i'm looking at my top 10 without revealing too much of the article i'm gonna be that i'm currently working on um now rich you didn't play wait was it rich or john no rich you didn't play ender lilies but no, I Enter not. Lilies was um, on my list as well in my top 10, but I don't think I would be comfortable putting that game yeah. in the top five, unfortunately. <laughs> as much as I love that game, I don't think it's top five material. No, no, I'm, I'm kind of similar. I really like the game, but also I don't... It wasn't, it wasn't up there for me either, even though I really like the game. So Yeah, yeah. Tales, Tales of Arise actually surprisingly didn't even make my top 10, and I was really surprised by that, but I didn't play enough of the game. I didn't finish the game. Mm. So. Yeah, I, did, I didn't put enough time into that game to really... Like, I liked it as well, but I didn't put enough time into it to it's really... It's a visually stunning game. Pop it anywhere. 
it's anime. Yep, I can I agree. <laughs> it's the highest quality of anime, I will say. Um Hentai. I wish. Yandir? Gandalf? What? <laughs> uh that's why like number five, I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to lock in quite yet. Maybe like, Oh my god. I wanna make a trucker hat that just says, says Yandere on it. <laughs> just because of course someone from the south is absolutely gonna read that as yeah, it's Yandir. <laughs> like if you like, uh, just happened right here. If you make that uh <laughs> Give me one. I'll wear it, please. <laughs> like green and okay, yellow. So, not to take away from you. Sorry. As the show comes out. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry. It's all good. <laughs> so. Love saying it. I, I, I think the four that we would kind of debate between slating into that top five would be Returnal, Chicory, Inscription, or Genesis Noir. And like, the thing is. Somebody didn't play one of those games. That's yeah. just going to be what it is. That yeah, is we're kind of stuck at a spot. I was, I was trying I, to look at that also at my top 10 to see if there's anything that we all played. And there's nothing else in my top 10. Or I mean, even even, even could, top 12 that all three of us played to try to put if, into there. If we could if have if the Ultra Sleeper hit Pac-Man 99, take that number five. Somebody. Yeah, put it in there. Yeah, I didn't um, play that. If, if I ah! if uh, if I could really quick just make the case as long as because I would love to have it on this list because I feel so strongly about it, yeah. Josh. I don't know where your thoughts land at the end of the day on Inscription, but just there is something about that fucking game and that yeah, something is kind of 10. that like, is kind of everything about it, like aesthetic, atmosphere, gameplay, weird bullshit. Like it's. <laughs> Again, I couldn't, and you and I talked about this a lot of time, I couldn't wrap my head around the weird meta layers and the fact that one person put all that together. Yeah. Hmm. There's just a weird secret sauce there that I, like, I like it when games are weird, and this is a good, good, me mechanically good game that is weird in all the right ways. Yeah. Is... Is Inscription better, Josh, than Returnal, Chicory... Well, not Chicory, obviously. Uh, Ret <laughs> Returnal uh, or Genesis Noir for you? Yes. Okay. Well, no, not Returnal. Like, obviously, like, Returnal's was higher on my list by a decent chunk, but... Okay, so we can get rid of Genesis Noir, so then it's I think so. I get, but those are Chikori. both close on my list as well, but mm. I, th I think Inscription edges it out. On my okay. list, personally. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it was number five on my list, and Inscription is number one on Rich's list. So that makes sense. I'm, I'm okay with that at the end of the day. Yeah, um, so yeah, Returnal, Chicory, so. or Inscription is kind of what the two of you have to settle on. And Yeah. Goodness, that's tough. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you um, as someone who didn't play any of these three games. <laughs> the, like, as an innocent bystander, the one... and. I'm not trying to hurt anyone by saying this, I promise. Like, I'm not trying to dick anyone over. But the one that sounds the most interesting to me is Chicory, out of the three of those, to be honest with you. Chicory like, is They're all so different is kind I, of the issue yeah, here. I, it's like there's almost no comparing them, and we've got to, quite literally, right here, like, who gets the spot? Compare well, them. Yeah. This, this is how I feel, is yeah. that Returnal... Is doing some. Oh, I just thought about Deathloop. Didn't even make either of your guys' list no. either. Uh, Returnal 
is a shooter game at the end of the day. And yes, there are some things that set itself apart, um, for sure, but it's a shooter game. Inscription, yes, there are things that definitely set itself apart. And the way you've talked about it, Rich, does make me want to try it out, even though I'm so sick of fucking card games at this point. But it is a card game at the end of the card day. Card game. Uh, that's kind of not really fair to it. <laughs> oh, well, of course. I mean, yeah. But Chicory, it just like sounds like the most unique out of those three. And that shouldn't be the only reason why, but I really love the art style and the music in that game, too. From what I've seen of the art style and the music that I've listened to, um, that that shouldn't be the determining factor there. But to me, like... Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to you guys mainly to discuss between those, but Chicory sounds the most intriguing to me. That's just my two cents. Mm. Did Chicory make it to your your top ten list this year, Rich? It it just barely did not. Mm. Um, it's one of those things like it's again like someone who hasn't played it. I totally get why outside looking at it feels that way, but to be like chicory's more unique than inscription is like the most in i feel like to me like that's a very inaccurate statement um not by like i get why people would think like just because my my consensus like at the end of the day like inscription is a mushroom trip um i don't think chicory doesn't deserve to be on here either is the thing watch um, mushrooms in both actually yeah, I mean, there's a lot fair. of mushrooms in Genesis Noir. And I'm trying LSD. to think if there are mushrooms I don't doubt in, that. Uh, in Returnal. It depends. It depends You'd on which. I think there uh, would be. There's there's lots of uh, lots of rain in the one yeah. biome. Did you did you check under the bed in the house? Mm. That should good, be a category. Chance there are next mushrooms there. The game you'd most like to play on a mushroom trip. Yeah. Oh man. Um, Probably I mean, not Mario. The mushrooms are trying to fight back. Yeah, that's true. That's really yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're Might fine letting much. it if you're fine letting chicory go, Josh, then I think it would be down to Returnal or Inscription. I don't I don't think it's going to be Returnal just cuz I think it's lower on both of our lists. Yeah, um, the thing is like it, it's funny is like because Returnal is actually on my list, I feel like I'm more comfortable with Returnal. That's weird. Yeah, cuz it Returnal's not on my top 5, but it's in my top 10. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a I don't have a dog in this race. I mean, Genesis Noir is gone for me. Chicory's about a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. Oh, you got oh. it. <laughs> uh. There, there are rare moments, Rich, where I do make good jokes. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was, it was pretty good. I'm just, I'm so deep in thought. I couldn't give it its due. It's You're so too. adamant about Inscription getting in there. I just love that game so much, man. Look, I respect the fight. I mean, you're talking you're talking to the guy who's fought tooth and nail for games in the past. I like, really hell, like I I don't want anyone to get burned by this, but I just I that game needs it, man. <laughs> what a glowing endorsement. <laughs> it, no it's so hard for me to endorse it because like the more i talk about it the more i feel like i'm ruining it well let, this should this isn't the only determining factor but this is just one uh quality to consider if you had those three games inscription mm-hmm. chicory or returnal what what out of the three for the average person what do you think 
you would recommend the most? Like, oh, I think the average person would like this game, you know, or I think the average person would like this game. So, for example, last year when I when I was telling everybody to play Ickenfell, I, I as much as I agree with that statement, because I think that game is phenomenal. I've kind of realized that is for a certain group of people. Ickenfell is for a certain group. Not everyone's going to like that game. You know, it's not going to tick ever, cer- certain boxes for everybody. And sure. again, this should not be the only determining factor. And if you don't get, give a fuck what other people think or feel, that's fine too. But never I mean, have, part, never will. part of the nature of this is recommending things and things that we think most, the, the average person would in part like, while also highlighting some things that, we think that don't get enough praise. And I think that's kind of the route you're taking with Inscription, which I, again, I completely understand and respect. I mean, that's what we did with Ickenfell last year. A big part of my route with Inscription, too, because, like, to to answer that question simply for you, Shay, like, people just looking for a good, solid video game recommendation, I think Returnal is the thing I would recommend to almost anyone. But at the same time, I would recommend Inscription to people that don't play video games, because I'd be like, you gotta see this fucking thing. Is it, is it a tough sell, though, for people to get into? I think it requires a pretty steep level of commitment before you see the thing that it make. Like, I think that first bit is good and is a solid video game, but, like, the payoff of, oh, this is weird, doesn't come until way later. And that, that yeah. might be, unfortunately, as, like, for me, that sounds awesome. That's right up my alley. But for a lot of people, that might not be their cup of tea. You know, there are people... I mean, we've all talked about there are certain games that, like, Rich, I think you're the least guilty of this, That, but if something really just isn't hitting for me, I'm not going to waste my fucking time with it. You know, like, I have too many other things I want to play, too many other things I got to do. And I think, you know, with our with our audience, I kind of feel like they, they feel the same. And I was trying to look at seeing, like, we kind of have a conundrum here because Returnal is only on the PS5. Nobody can fucking get a hold of a PS5 yeah. or... um. Inscription is only on Microsoft Windows, or I guess PC. It's not available on anything else, so mm-hmm. it kind of stiffs all the console people. So, I mean, there's, there's an issue of exclusive, exclusivity there for both games. But I think one of the things that, for me, Returnal would make more sense if we're kicking chicory off of that. And I, again, like you said, I'm not trying to fuck you over, Rich, is that I think the average person would find more short-term gratification in Returnal, even though... If you want short-term gratification, go jerk off. (laughs) Which, I mean, (laughs) I know that some of those runs in Returnal are longer as well. Um, But I also think about kind of like where our world is at now. It's a microwave society where if somebody doesn't want to invest all that time and effort into getting that far i thought you meant it was radioactive yes that too spider-man no way home uh check it out now in uh, theaters now movie of the year sponsor um inscription because it takes so long to get into that that twist that maybe that is going to turn people off as compared to returnal i don't know if that should be a determined that twist turns you off i don't want to be friends with you (laughs) i mean fair enough i don't think it's that far in it's like four hours. Yeah, considering a run of Returnal is four hours. Yeah, okay, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Like, in the scope of the game itself, it's a ways in. But, like... But in the scope of some other games... Of playing it's, a video game, Returnal, the, you know, 
yeah a run of that i'm well a run of return of returnal is either four hours or 45 seconds uh okay depending on whereas i have seen all of the things in inscription at nine and a half hours okay well if you guys are comfortable with that i'm fine with putting it inscription as number five um i mean i think chicory is better but uh yeah like i think chicory looks more interesting i will say that i don't know my only Mm. weird say Um, your piece josh say your piece yeah my only thought is that inscription's kind of a horror game um and we've already got a horror game on the list ostensibly Mm, the way things are shaking it up which is kind of also my argument against returnal because that's another horror game kind of why why are we gatekeeping genres why 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 can there only be one one. it's just uh i don't know life is a horror game we should uh i mean that's true (laughs) we should embrace reality it's very realistic we've had this discussion in the past about kind of diversifying our group top five in that way before so it like i'm trying to think of psychonauts is too similar to like chicory is kind of would be the the still playing my own devil's advocate here god yeah yeah we're gonna we're just gonna talk ourselves out of this like we're all preparing for the arguments that we Mm -hmm. think other people are gonna make exactly that's kind of what's happening now well how about this how about this here's what we're gonna do we're gonna come back to this i'm gonna put inscription slash returnal slash chicory there for now and we'll come back we'll have some time to think about it and then we can and then we'll also be tired of discussing. Exactly. We'll just like, Let's just pick this one and get the fuck out exactly. of here. Exactly. I know they're also Which is close because, like, like yeah. just where we put them on our list was like Rich's favorite, my favorite, and uh, the other is also on our short list. But like, just mm. just like yeah. you know, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So. I'm already preparing now. <laughs> so the next three games, like I'm fine with Metroid Dread being number four. Um, I really love that game. Yeah. But I also know that the the difficulty for some people really turned I don't know, up. man. It's a horror game. Uh, <laughs> I know the difficulty really turns some people off on this, and I don't really care Those about that. Those people are as- bad at games. This game is not hard. Certain elements are. I think Ravenbeak fight was brutal. It's the easiest of the mainline Metroid games by a pretty large margin, oh, yeah, in my yeah, opinion. That's, yeah, that's fair. I'm just saying that I think there were certain aspects of it that were very difficult, such as the Ravenbeak fight. But I am fine putting it at number four. I don't as think am that... I. I yeah, mm-hmm. like considering it didn't pop up on Josh's list at all, but you and I both had it at number three. I th- I think number four is a good spot for Metroid Dread. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um. I'm going to make a bold statement. Uh, like, now that I've had a little bit of time to think about it. Now that I, I've had a little to drink. I, no. Uh, I think Psychonauts 2 has the chance to be the number one spot. Not saying it should be. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it has the chance. I, I agree with you there. I don't think number one for me. It's not a, I, I like Psychonauts 2, but it's not on my list at all. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of my same thought with Resident Evil 8. That's not even on my short list. Um, for, for and that's a damn shame. Things that are, you know, in contention. Um, 
So I, I feel like that one's definitely below Psychonauts 2 as far as um, that I can, where, where I can we put those with. two. But okay, that I can so, live with because it was almost in my my top ten. But so yeah, like that's there's just too many things this year. Yeah, so like I I I see Resident Evil Eight more at three than at two, and it, then it's just kind of the Eastward Psychonauts two thing for for yeah. one and two as as a discussion yeah, still. Which... I can yeah, I mean I think Resident Evil I can live with solely at three, and I I think for me Psycho Psychonauts two again I've I like it. It's so by a hair that it didn't end up making this list to me, but just because mm. there's like, and a lot of it came down to that genre thing where I was like, there were a lot of really good platformers that were in the running for me this year, and mm. Psychonauts Two isn't even the weakest. There's just ones that like resonated with me more when I was thinking about games like It Takes Two and stuff, and yeah, um, just trying to craft like my tops for this year. Uh, I think part of that too may have also been kind of the discussion we had last week where. Psychonauts 2 feels, you know, it, it is a, a logical successor to the first one in a lot of ways. But I remember when we had that discussion last week about Raz being our favorite character of the year that you had, both of you had some um, reservations about even nominating him as a character for the favorite character. Maybe or maybe not that that's partially playing some effect here as well for you, Rich. I'm not sure. Just Maybe I just I just like I I'm totally comfortable with Psychonauts two being the number two game because I really did like it is one it is for sure like yeah I enjoyed the fuck out of my time with it this year I just don't think it was the thing that most fucking knocked my socks off in 2021. I yeah I don't I don't think it knocked my socks like. I see what you're saying. I think to me, like, so you agree? <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, let's try though. Uh, I think the thing that most blew me away, not necessarily in a positive or negative way, would have been Genesis Noir. Like, still, that game left me fucking confused and perplexed in so many ways, both positive <laughs> and some negative. Twelve minutes confused me too. I don't think it should be the game of the year. Right. Why don't we just put that as a number? Why did they hire yeah. these actors for this? <laughs> how are just they confusing? How, why would James McAvoy do this? <laughs> right. Willem, Willem Dafoe really Dafoe. redeems himself in Spider Man. Daisy Riddler. Um, Daisy Riddler. <laughs> that's her name, right? Ridley. Ridley. Daisy Ridley. She's fighting Batman. She's fighting Batman now. <laughs> It's the Daisy Riddler. It's me, Riddler. Batman. Daisy the Riddler. Daisy Riddler. Only makes riddles about daisies. <laughs> she sucks Batman's so much. Like, is the answer is Daisy? He... Fuck, how'd you the... know? <laughs> Curse you, Cape Crusader. You foiled my plans again. Um, to me, I just, like, I don't like harping on one thing, but I just keep coming back to the fact that Eastward wasn't technically as sound as it could, it should have been on the Switch, or it could have been maybe is the better word there, not should have been, it could have been, maybe both, I don't know, where I had no problems with Psychonauts 2, technically, and I was very, very, and maybe this is more me than you guys, because I didn't play the first one, I was just blown away by that game, I didn't, ex like, I didn't expect it to be as high quality or as fun as it was. And um, 
yeah, that, that, that is another one of the games that really blew me away this year. I mean, I didn't expect it to be as high quality as it was just because my expect expectation was it's been 15 years. They're definitely going to fuck this up um, for totally different reasons, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I, I have, I have virtually no problem putting it in number two just because I, I think I see the case. I just like, it didn't even crack that list for me. So I just don't feel like I can justify it being the number one. But what, one of the, like one of, I guess one of the subparts of this this point that I brought up too is like I know I know you guys are going to make jokes about this so I'm just going to say what I want to say. Cyberpunk 2077 and last year's game of the year awards didn't even crack wasn't even considered for the list and there are a lot of issues around that game and I'm not I'm not glossing over those. Well also it of, sucked. And see that was one of the jokes I was preparing for but um No, I mean I thought that game was fun and I, I don't necessarily believe that it should have been top five because it was just riddled with issues. But I mean, that was one of the, the parts of conversation that we brought up why it shouldn't even be considered for the top five is because of all the technical issues that it had. Now, yes, the technical issues are far and away much worse than what, what I and other Switch users have had with Eastward. Um, there have been some other small issues that I've looked up to, such as certain glitch, glitching issues with certain things, uh, procking and whatnot in the game, which are, I mean, like, I'm not going to lobby that against it because I personally didn't have those issues, but I mean, if we've, we've used that reasoning in the past to keep games as lower on the list or off the list altogether, I have an issue putting that a game that is having technical issues like that, where it completely shuts the game off multiple times. There are issues where people can't even um, get certain things in, in the game because they're not procking and they have to restart their game. I have issues with putting that as the number one. And like if Psychonauts 2 had that issue, if Resident Evil Village had that issue, if Metroid Dread had that issue, I would be saying the same thing. I just want to make it clear that it has nothing to do with it being an indie game. Um, like I, I, I would have those that same issue no matter what it is. I had that issue last year, like I said, with Maneater, and Tripwire is a much bigger studio than um, Pickpill, Pixpill, excuse me. So, um, I, I mean, like the the only reason why I'm I, I'm saying this is. If you guys have an argument that can convince me that Eastward belongs in the, the number one slot and I should be overlooking this issue, I'm 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 open to it. But like right now, I to mean, me, my argument for the is three that of us, you already did overlook this issue. You put it at number four on your list. Yeah, it, right. And I it, put Psychonauts you, too much higher. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure the point you're making then. I, or I, I mean, I understand kind of, kind of where you're going with it, but I don't understand. I'm like, the, if it's if goal. it's a thing we don't want to mention at the end of the year because it's because of all the bugs, you kind of already did that. Um, oh, th- maybe I didn't word that correctly or as eloquently as I could have. I I thought I mentioned this before. That's why part of the reason why it is lower on my list is because of all those technical, my personal list because of all those technical issues. Whereas the the games above it, they didn't have as many technical issues for me. And they felt like a more consistent, cohesive 
piece from beginning to end in terms of tech, technolo- technologically being sound. That is part of the reason why they made it higher on my personal list. So, um, if that, if that, hopefully that offers clarification there. Yeah. I've spoken with my attorney and he said I can give you guys Psychonauts 2 in exchange for inscription at number five. I'm okay with that. That doesn't make any sense. I wasn't being serious. That was a joke. God damn it. Um, I, <laughs> I'm not here to negotiate. Um, <laughs> it's like, sure, I'll, I'll give up the thing that I don't care about for the other thing I don't care about. <laughs> you don't care about Psychonauts too? No, no, I, you over there. Like, sure, sure, you can, you can have the rich. fifth splat for, for giving me what I just asked for. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I mean, like, here's what I'll say. If you guys have points for East, or, uh... I mean, I think any point we have for Eastward, we've already made in, in talking about that game. Like, I just think it's, it's a masterclass in, like, almost everything it, it did. Like, from art to music to storytelling. Except technologically. Which... I mean, like, o- otherwise, I would... Let me put it this way. Thinking about games this year, I think that the story of this game, the the things that would compare to it would be the the games that I played, I should say, would be Psychonauts 2 or Genesis Noir in terms of story. And I think Psychonauts 2 is the more consistent in terms of story. It does get a little convoluted in places. I'm willing to admit that. Absolutely. Whereas um, Eastward, it isn't as convoluted, but it does feel like it takes takes a little more detours than something like Psychonauts 2 in terms of the, the main story. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about all the side content of Psychonauts 2 that you can do. Um, so I would say the stories are comparable there for me. The music for, for both of those games is pretty comparable for me too. I love both of those soundtracks so much. Um, the two art styles are vastly different in what they're trying to achieve, and I love both of them. The character development Honestly, I think in Psychonauts 2 is stronger as well. But the thing is, and again, this is, uh, I will acknowledge this, they had another game to already establish some of that character development where Eastward did not. So I am willing to acknowledge that, but they were able to integrate a bunch of new characters, even if they were only mentioned in Psychonauts 1, still being mentioned, they integrated a lot of new characters very well, and they all stand out in their own way. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 Fucking. It's like choosing between your own children because I love both of these games so much. Like I'm really, I'm I'm fine with either of them. One and two is kind of where I'm mm, at because they're. they're mm. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like uh, I, fit, I'm fi- I'm fine with Psychonauts at two. Like the fact that it didn't even crack my list for me is the one reason I just feel like I can't. I can't give it the number one spot. I mean, I mean, in that case, then we would be having a bigger discussion on number five then because the three games that are up for contention there, I didn't even play. You know, I mean, I get your point, but... Is there even anything else we did all play? Let me go back to my list. I mean... But again, it didn't come up for any of us, so, like, that would be kind of, you know, putting it there just because. Yeah. The the only point I was trying to make is we're all going to have to make some concessions here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that... 
Let's see. Sorry, I'm looking at the list of all the games that I played. We played 12 minutes. <laughs> we all played that game. Oh, well, there we it all is. Played That's Narita Boy. Uh, number That's five. number one. <laughs> we all played Narita Boy. Uh-huh. Um, we all played Cyber Shadow, which was in my top ten. Yeah, that's in my top ten as well. Not that was in my top forty. Oh, okay, so can't be a number five slot then. Got it. Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, um, we have we have four, three, and two locked in. Or sorry, we have four and three locked in. Uh, yeah. At least we got those. I mean, I I guess I I could give Psychonauts one just because I feel like nobody's gonna budge on it. <laughs> well, Josh is either or. Like, here's the thing. I'm comfortable with Inscription, a game that I think out of those three interests me the least, to be honest with you, as a number five slot. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that because, Rich, you are, you are really adamant about that. And again, I, I do want to, you know, give praise to when people really care about something. And I, I've, I've done that fight. I've had that fight with so many games in the past, and I've been insistent on certain games making the list. Um, and I, I've been bummed when certain games don't make the list like gravity rush Two back in, back in the day, that game should have been gotten more praise than it did. And it still doesn't get the praise. And if you had had me, it would have, it was, uh, it was pretty buggy though. I don't know if we want to recognize something with so many issues. I mean, a lot of those bugs were, were worked out pretty quickly. I mean, I didn't have many issues personally when I played the game, but y- you're right. I mean, a lot of games start out pretty buggy when they first come out. Um, <laughs> and the point is well received uh, you know what i mean but uh yeah but like <laughs> i'm i'm okay with inscription being number five and it's hard for me to knock eastward down because i really do think it is a phenomenal game is kind of the same thing as it can fell last year where i thought this is another game that is not going to get the love and attention and praise that it deserves because it is a phenomenal game but i do think psychonauts 2 is the more consistently not only playable, but good game, personally. I'm not saying it is, I'm saying for me. I personally. disagree, but I'll let it go. I, I think it's Eastward, by, by a decent chunk. Um, Why? Because, even without Rich on the thing, our scores together only give Psychonauts an, like one extra point without Rich being there at all. Okay, so... To, 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 to vote on it. So Eastward would have six points, and then Psychonauts 2 would have... Would have seven. If seven. Rich didn't have it on his list at all, it's only a single point difference, and then it's still Rich's number two game on top of that being just a minor point difference to begin with which is something we would have argued like okay if 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 this had a little bit i'm like we already kind of did that with some of the other ones and i like i see your point there but neither of you had the technical issues that i had and like my one of my big questions is and like i'm being genuine here i'm not trying to like hey my point is the point but if you guys had the technical issues that i had with it would you guys still have it as high as you do? You know what I mean? And I'm not, and this is all rhetorical because there's yeah. no way you can definitively know that, you know? Um, I'm trying you can, to think of anything that was buggy for me this year. 
probably not this year, but I know I've suffered through some worse shit in the patch. But again, like in the past, rather. But that's that's very difficult to say because it's easy to say anything right now. And what what mm-hmm. I'm telling you is, it's difficult to say because I don't know if I could give you a genuine answer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. No, I know that. I'm just like, I mean, because I I want to say yeah. yes, but I don't know how true that is. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm trying to think. Like of the of the games on my shortlist, I've only got. Well, actually, no. Returnal was number five for me. Sort of like your number four for Eastward. Um, mm. And some of my issues with that were that the game was buggy at launch. That's not why it's number five, because at this point, I'm judging it for what it is now. Yeah, and Returnal knocked up a little bit for me because I went back and played some of it recently. But yeah, at and launch, that- it was buggy to the point where you'd get... S- you know, half hour, an hour into a run, and it would die, and you'd lose, you know, an hour and a half of progress in a three-hour run sort of a situation. Yeah, and that, um, that is pretty But it's still egregious. on my list, because, again, yeah. that's stuff that's been fixed. And from what I'm looking at, it looks like a lot of the issues with Eastward have already been patched out on the Switch version. A lot of them, but I can tell you this. I was playing it up until about a week and a half to a week ago, and there's been no new patch. I actually went and checked just mm-hmm. in case for this discussion to come up. And I was having the game quit on me up until the last boss. So it wasn't a... Th- this has gotten fixed issue. It is still an issue right now. And that mm-hmm. is why I am so adamant about this not being the number one. Because if they had fixed it at this point, I'd be completely fine with it being number one. But it is still buggy now. And it's still... it's backing you completely out of the game. Now, the the I will say this. The save system is pretty generous in the game. It, like it auto-saves basically every room. So. It does, but also, if I'm in the middle of a boss fight and it completely kicks me out, now, a lot of those boss fights aren't super difficult, and some of them, I would dare even say, are pretty fucking simple. Um, but when you're getting towards the back end of the game and you're really getting into the story and you're really getting immersed, and then you have that happens, it does take the wind out of your sails. And yes, I finished the game. Yes, I love the game. I'm not going to lie and say it didn't take the wind out of my sails the multiple times towards the end of the game where the game completely just shut off on me and I had to restart it when I was completely completely immersed. I would be lying to you if I said that didn't happen. Um, If it was the one-time thing, I would have been like, hey, it happens, whatever. But it happened to me multiple times towards the end and um the fact that that's still an issue right now is kind of a problem sure so i mean josh i do see your point too i mean you do have a good point eastward is almost up there with psychonauts 2 without even rich being here and rich didn't even have it on his list uh psychonauts 2 being on his list so yeah i get that but at the, at the end of the day, if I was to tell somebody, like, out of this top five list, if I were to put, and maybe this yeah, is no, something I Yeah, no, I think just... Psychonauts 2 is the easiest game to recommend to anybody. Yes. That, that is one of the other things sure. for me. It's like, you just know? like, general, any random audience, I think Psychonauts 2 is the choice of what you'd recommend to someone without knowing anything about them. But 12 minutes is the easiest game for me to recommend to my enemies. 
hey, I heard you like games. You should check out this super sweet game. Mm-hmm. The world's been ablaze talking about it. <laughs> the fucking green goblins in it. <laughs> and one of the Jedi's from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And Professor X. That's right. An X-Men. The leader of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. 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 Cyclops? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, he just thinks I, I mean, he's like, the leader. That's what they tell him. Mm-hmm. Keeps him happy. Everyone just tells him he's the leader. Storm's that's really all, the leader. That's all he needs. In my heart. So I'm, I'm trying to think of anything that could possibly push eastward. Like, because I want, I want to, I want to look at it from all angles. I want to make sure I'm not just being biased in my opinion here. I'm trying to think if there's anything else from eastward that would push it past Psychonauts too for me. I'm genuinely trying to think of that right now. And Josh, you were trying, you were trying to say something about Psychonauts two being easier to recommend. No, but... I, just, I think it's a, I think it's a more broadly appealing game as far as um it's easier to get into with with voice acting and like this sounds like I'm kind of belittling the audience but but like it's they give you a lot more um it's um no, I see what you're saying. It, like we voted it, we voted it as the most accessible game of this year for good reason, and I think that's another reason why. Did we? I think that's another reason why for me, like Psychonauts Two, makes more sense over Eastward. Is it's it is a more accessible game, and that is one of the things that we really talked about a lot this year. Is didn't didn't games... we say what? Ratchet and Clank was most accessible? Or are you just saying that was on our list when we were? I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was on our list. We were. It was in the running, but I think. Yes. But yeah. Yes, no. Was... You're. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Cool. I was actually mixing up the award between that and uh, most influential you game. You lying of sack 2. of shit. <laughs> See what he's doing now here, I just Rich? Completely shot my point. But no, Psychonauts <laughs> Two was in the running. Um, I believe it was one of the top three games that we discussed for being the most accessible. Yeah. I love Eastward for the technical issues and the the less accessibility as compared to something like Psychonauts 2. I do think personally for me it makes more sense that we... I, no, you know, I think it makes more sense collectively that we put it at the top th- two because one yeah. of our categories that we are really trying to think about going forward is inclusivity of gaming. And um, that Psychonauts There's... 2 makes more sense for that. Okay. It's not the only reason why. I'm, I'm well, just no, saying I mean, like that, that seems like a crapshoot between these two, other than. I think it should be Ratchet and Clank then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that game didn't make either of you guys' list. Uh, yeah, it was really close. I like that a game buggy. a lot. Like, uh, a little buggy. <laughs> not, it, it wasn't, though, actually. It was pretty perfect. Um, I, I mean, I made this yeah, point yeah, earlier no, about a couple no, of yeah. things. Sorry. I think there's just so many good platformers this year that i was trying to like get a little more genre diversity in my top mm. 10 and ratchet and clank unfortunately 
ended up the one being cut and it was the one that's like the weirdest to talk about for the same reason as Returnal which is be like Josh and me and four other people are the people that played Ratchet exactly and like we've already talked to everyone who's played this game so far it's, and they uh, all agree with us it's yeah. pretty good yeah <laughs> okay well let, let me read this I'm so not Ratchet saying and this Clank is what, it is the, I'm not gonna say this is what it is but <laughs> let me read this and see how this sounds to you guys Number five is Inscription. Number four is Metroid Dread. Number three is Resident Evil Village. Number two is Eastward. And number one is Psychonauts 2. Does that honestly sound gross to you guys? I mean, to me... It doesn't sound gross. I can live with it. That last part's a little troubling. I feel like parts of it should be switched. But I don't... (laughs) Like, I I could live with it. I mean, I don't like Inscription being in the top five at all, but... You're right. It should be number three, at least. I said in the top five at all. Yeah, it should be in the top three. Top three is a part of top five. You know what I'm saying? But I could, I could live with it's that. It's a common misconception. I, I could live with Inscription being in the top five. I, I need it to be. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> Josh, I mean, does, does this... How does this sit with you? Like, hearing that top five. Hmm... I mean, it's reasonable. I still think just from... I don't know. I, I don't know the extent of the bugginess in, in Eastward. As I, I've yet to play the Switch version of that. I've mm. not started it yet. Um, to see how that pans out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, all I'm saying is, like, know that I do... <laughs> Here's here's the thing. Know that I do want to put Eastward at the number one slot. That like I'm not purposefully trying to put my choice because Psychonauts was yeah number no, two on my list. That is Eastward something is that's worth worth mentioning because just numbers wise, if people hear this and are interested in it, they're going to be playing the Switch version just by the numbers. Most of right. them, that's most of them will point. be um, right. And I I don't so that I is a consideration. Wanna... Um, it's harder for me and Josh to wrap our heads around because we don't just don't have that experience that you've had. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I get that, and that's, dude, it it really does pain me to put Eastward at number two. Like I know it sounds like I I really want Psychonauts to be number one, and I don't want Eastward, but it's not that. It's just that I know that the issues with Eastward are not for me on the Switch not minuscule. They were consistent, and it's a shame and. It's still a phenomenal game, and once those all get patched out, I think, it could, like, if they were patched out by this point, I would have been cool with it being number one. But they're, they are still there. And, right. yeah. I've already, I've already said what I've said about this, so. Um, it's, it's not, like, I just want you guys to know, it's not that yeah. I don't think Eastward should be number one. I'm, I'm saying in its current state, it, I don't think it is a number one game. I think Psychonauts 2 is closer to what I imagine a number one game being simply because it is a more consistent game, technically speaking. And I also think that it is a more accessible game, but um, those aren't the only reasons, obviously Eastward has its own things going for it as well. But um, I would feel less comfortable recommending Eastward 
to the average person because of those technical issues as compared to something like Psychonauts 2. That's reasonable. And I, I, yeah, I, I like, I, yeah, I'm not super stoked about it, but I can, I can, I get where you're coming from. I can, I can be comfortable with that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Josh, I just want to make sure you're com- comfortable with it before I move on. Yeah. Again, like I'm, I'm fine with both of those being up there. Um, I was going to make, all right, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, he's comfortable. Let's move on. But no, I, I do want to get it. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I mentioned it before. Like, my top three were top three by a wide margin. Like, I really think Psychonauts 2, Eastward, and Chicory are just. Far love. Yeah, by, by a good margin. Um, yeah. Sure. So, like, again, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy with any of those getting number one. So, it, it's really not a massive consideration. It was just that. Eastward was on all three of our lists, so yeah, it's just yeah. it's a much more easy thing to put at number one unless those issues with with bugs are egregious just enough. way too egregious. And again, you're the only one who has the experience with them because the PC version works just fine. Yeah, uh, at yeah, least and- at least it does on my hardware. That's again hard to say because because Josh and I both have very good PC hardware, yeah, so we're so not in the minority are, of people trying to run. The, yeah, we're not. I don't yeah. know if there are any issues with it running on certain rigs. Uh, no doubt. Just, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, and I I get I get the point there. You know, like how can you how can you honestly understand that? And like that that we that don't have in- the PC hardware of the common man. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> And that in part comes like down to why we do this group thing. It's like trusting each other to know that like you guys know that I will always fight for something that I believe in as genuine. You know, I fought for Ickenfell last year and we ended up getting that into the number three spot. And because we were all adamant. And that fight made me want to kill myself. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I will fight for things that I believe in, even if it's like no fight for my right to party. But um, I just think, yeah, I've, I've said what I've said. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't want I'm, to retread. I, I am comfortable. Rub a dub dub. Thanks for the grub. Um, like I'm more okay. comfortable Yay with God. one and two than with three, four and five currently, but yeah, <laughs> I mean like it, it, yeah, I, I, I'm sad that you don't get to get chicory on the list, but I'm sad that Genesis Noir isn't on the list. That fucking blows my mind that that game isn't even in the contention for top five, but I'm, I'm understanding as well. Yeah. You know, th- that's the, that's the nature of these lists every year. Somebody gets fucking burned. Like, I can't tell you how much it pained me the first year we did this, that Gravity Rush 2 and Owlboy didn't even get considered for Owlboy top five. Owlboy was Bo- kind of a travesty, but anyway. Both of those games I would have fought for alongside you proudly, Shark. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. of those games. Yeah. Fucking both those games are still... Among the best games that have come Fuck out in the past. Fuck it, Owlboy's the number one game in 2021. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it is. Fuck yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Goodness. Fuck. Yeah, but um, okay. Let me read the list one more time, and then we have some back end stuff to do really quickly. Um, number five for our game of the year is Inscription. To Josh's chagrin, <laughs> the game of the people. <laughs> number four is Metroid Dread. Congratulations to Metroid Dread for, or Metroid in general, for finally becoming mainstream. Number three is Resident Evil Village. Um, is an awesome, awesome game. 
I, I didn't say anything about Inscription because I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. It's the um, most awesome game. Number two, Eastward. What a fucking wonderful game. If you have not played this game and you are at all interested in RPGs, um, if you have the chance, I would probably pay it on, play it on a PC until the Switch gets patched, but it is a phenomenal game nonetheless. So many good things about that game. And number one, um, I'm really happy to say this, honestly, Psychonauts 2 is number one, and it's a game that I would not have expected us to nominate as a number one game this year. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be, um, I thought it was going to be Eastward or Resident Evil Village or Metroid Dread. I did not expect Psychonauts two, and I'm happy that um, this game we are able to give it some love and praise because this game is also another phenomenal game. So that is our top five list. Uh, it is in the books. Um, be on the lookout here in the coming days as Rich and we're all talking about we are going to have our own personal top 10 lists go up on the site at swordjump.com slash articles uh you can look it all up there we're going to go into probably a little less detail on the top five than we did here but the back five we're going to go into a lot more detail uh it's going to be really interesting because there are some games that haven't even been mentioned here that are in my top 10 and i'm sure it's the same for the other two so it's going to be really fun to kind of look at um how we parse out getting to that top five here for the podcast. So check that out. Also, I uh, just, like I said, a few quick backend things. Uh, first and foremost, as I mentioned before, we are taking two weeks off. There's going to be a decreased presence. There already has been for me a little bit, to be honest with you, in December. I've been so busy. We're going to have a decreased presence on social media. Uh, we're going to be taking some time with our families and, you know, our There's friends. generally and- a, a notable decrease in presence after the 25th. <laughs> yes yes i don't know Santa. if my badumps came through oh <laughs> uh, i didn't hear it i'm sorry um we're gonna be taking some time off and like i said we will get that little one hour podcast up where we'll be talking about stuff and we'll have some patreon content go up we will also have some chomp- chomping after dark episodes go up we are having two drop this month which is really exciting we kind of wanted to do two as a thank you to supporting us for all all of this uh, year, and also um, the patrons have access to both of them right now. And Rich just dropped a new Chomping at the Bits episode on Street Fighter 1 and 2. You can check that out. So It's a fun, to... fun conversation about arcades. Yeah. So head over there and check that out. So lots of new podcast stuff to look forward to, despite us, quote-unquote, taking a break. We kind of prepa- prepared all this stuff in advance. So. Um, also, uh, I'm going to do some admin stuff and some stuff after that. Head over to swordchomp.com where you can check out a bunch of stuff from us. As I just said, we have a bunch of podcasts there. We have merch that you can buy for Christmas for your loved ones or for yourself. You know what? Uh, treat yourself. You deserve it. And yeah. we, we are often having sales during the holiday time, so you can head over there, uh, store.swordchomp.com to check that stuff out. The perfect gift art- for your friends or enemies. <laughs> we'll make a 12 minute shirts for your enemies mm-hmm. 12 minute sword chomp shirt um, it's just a big steaming pile of shit precisely we have an article section which I just talked about so you can check that out at the site and of course the Patreon is one of the best ways to support us and you get rewarded for it in the process it really allows us to do the content like making chomping at the bits um, chomping after dark and 
other ventures that we are currently looking into right now. So that is the best way to support us. You can head over to the site or you can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp to check that out. Um, I also talked about that on Instagram a little bit yesterday. So any help you can. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Any help helps us out a ton. And of course, we like to give you a little bit extra in the process. So uh, the last thing I want to say is. Um, it's been a really tough year on us, and it's been a really fun year. Uh, this this was probably the most difficult year of doing this podcast, I think. Specifically, Josh and I, but also Rich have ever had. Um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna obviously address what we've already addressed in the past. It has been a a a learning process to try and figure out a lot of the stuff that. Um, you know, we had four people doing it. And now we have three people and it's been a learning process. And, you know, we've had a lot of people, uh, you know, to be transparent, we've had a lot of people leave the show, uh, listening to the show and we've had patrons leave and stuff like that. And we understand that, um, no one is required or beholden to listen to us no matter what. That's fine. Those things happen. But, um, because yeah, that happened, you can, to you can me, stop listening means- to us as soon as you Signal your nurse and convince her to turn us off. <laughs> In the but we coma. all know we're lining her pockets. We all know mm-hmm. that'll never yeah, happen. Right. I'm sure she'll listen to you anytime now. Right. But because of that, it honestly, and I'm, I, I really mean this. Right, Mr. Makes, Berkowitz. It makes the fact that um, the people who stayed listening to us and the patrons who stayed supporting us, it makes it that much more meaningful and impactful that... Um, people stayed around to support us. You know, we, I can't say thank you enough for that, to be honest with you. And uh, we tried, but it hurt. <laughs> no, it. Yeah. Yeah. Just th- th- thank you to everybody for being patient with us as we're figuring stuff out, as we've continued to figure stuff out, as, as we've tried to get a grasp on that drastic change on us this year for being for me personally, for being accepting of me taking over host duties. And this is both to rich and Josh and to all our listeners. Um, you know, I mean, of course I hosted evoking the sublime and chomping after dark, which are our side stuff, but hosting our main podcast was really honestly not something I was wanting to do. And it was something that I was really nervous to do to, be to quote unquote become the va- main voice, but I don't ever view it as that. I view it as it's the three of us, but you know, as the guy who's kind of structuring things out that we do every week and transitioning us along and stuff was something that was really daunting to me. And uh, I want to say thank you to both Josh and Rich. So thank you guys and um, thank you to the listeners for being patient and being understanding that. You know, this has been a big learning process for me and for all three of us. And yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Um, Thank you I for continuing to, to say, let us just show up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I want to also say, um, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons. So last month, um, because we ended up taking a break, I forgot to do the Patreon shout outs. And that was very terrible of me, to be honest with you. I should, I shouldn't have. I dropped the ball on that. I've gotten uh, so really many emails. Dude, Two. Nonstop. But no, I want, I want to shout out all of our patrons now. Um, 
for being with us. And that's part, partly why we're also doing a, a game of the year show for them exclusively <laughs> is just because I want, I want us to show appreciation for them. So, um, thank you to Ron, beefy gamers, Eric, Amber, Josh, the Zalby, sorry, Josh Lawson, Josh, or uh, Bebop, as you guys know him, the other Josh, Bernadette, James, Justin, Fletch, Jay Holbro, Tawny, Paul, Jonathan, Cy, and Ivan. Um, thank you so much, honestly, for continuing to support us. Um, after all this time and after the big change that we went through this year, it re- like I-, I would be lying if I said after what happened earlier this year that I felt like, what's the point in continuing to do this? Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I felt that a lot. I felt a lot of dread and there was a lot of anxiety that happened. And it's like stupid. I'm sure some people are like, just get a fucking job, nerd. You know, like, shut the fuck up and go I make some one. money. It sucks. Um, we, I tried that once. It sucks. Yeah. Terrible. We, we formed so many bonds with people over the years and to see some of those people leave really fucking hurt. I'm not going to lie. It really fucking hurt. But to see a bunch of people still stick with us, and um, I lost yeah. a lot of social links. It, 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 yeah, it, it, it meant a lot, and those patrons really kind of held it down for us. And you know, if if we lost all our patrons, basically we would not be able to make as much content as we do. So um, I'm just I'm immensely grateful for all the people that support us, especially the patrons. Um, thank each and every one of you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys want to say anything uh, about this year in general um, before we end the podcast uh, I'll, I'll open the floor to either one of you guys if you guys have anything to um, say. I mean I mirror a lot of the sentiments you're saying there Shay like there were points this year where things have been really tough but also as uh, we were figuring that shit out like we I think we took all took the time to reevaluate what we kind of wanted to do and spread our wings a little bit more. And I got to take the time to do stuff like chomping at the bits that I'm really proud of. And I think is going to really come into its own as we continue um, to really expand upon what we're doing in um, the, the the blog space with the the written content. And I, I only hope to do more with that stuff as we carry on. And I couldn't do that without the support we're getting. And that's just that, that that bit is awesome and that that's the stuff that keeps us going i think yeah agreed man josh is there anything you want to say you don't have to you don't feel um, like you're obligated but if if you want to say anything pass yeah. <laughs> i mean i feel like you hit a lot of it um there was a lot going on throughout this year to uh to reevaluate and uh Yeah, it's been a stressful year. Like, I think it was a stressful year for most people, but... Um, I'm sure 2016 will be better. It's 2015, right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, Rich. <laughs> so don't. Let me believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree, Josh. It's been stressful this year for so many people for so many different reasons. And, uh, yeah, I thought, like it's kind of crazy to me like we talked about this privately this podcast was a way to kind of escape a lot of that shit like i think back to 2016 when um we started the podcast and that's when 
a presidential candidate was elected president and um like with all the all the turmoil that was happening it just not with just politics but in the world at that time that the podcast actively became kind of an escape for all of us and just to get together and bullshit and have fun and talk about a hobby that we all love and um we kind of lost that for a while this year like uh what we do here wasn't enjoyable for a little while it was yeah it was it was another stressor so it's like the thing that we look to to kind of help us escape or just to help remind us that there is joy and there is beauty in the world was kind of taken away from us for a while yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah to yeah and i don't don't want to blame anyone or anything you know i'm just saying that it was just stressful thank god i thought you were gonna blame me (laughs) thanks rich thanks a lot no Um, you're welcome (laughs) let's get off the pity party and just say thank you to uh everybody who continues to support us and allow us to spread our wings and um i'm gonna be honest like i and this is more for both you josh and you rich that i still get positive messages about what we're doing and just the support of us like i was walking home at 1 30 this morning from a going away party and i was talking with one of our patrons and they were telling me that they really love the direction of the show and they're really proud of what we're doing and those messages mean the world to us and they don't go unnoticed each and every time that yeah. someone interacts with us or sends us those messages it means a lot so thank you T- totally like the the outpouring i got both just in dms and on social media in general like when we launched chomping at the bits this year and like just seeing how happy everyone was for me to make this thing i'd been talking about making for a long time like th- those those are the moments that keep us going for sure yeah yeah absolutely so um i just want to say thank you to my two co-hosts uh josh and rich and thank you to each and every one of the listeners thank you for an amazing and awesome year and uh thank you and for thanks to randolph the dinosaur our invisible co-host that's right and uh wherever, wherever dave the leather guy is i hope he's doing well we haven't heard from him for a while mm-hmm. hope he's doing well <laughs> he's in a ja- good year for dave he's been in jail for sure <laughs> still making good money from there though it's uh well like is the jail cut- in its own way He's kind of like the like kingpin. He runs it from inside. Inflicted ones, or is it like literal? It's a literal federal prison. Oh, okay. But yeah, again, he's kind of like the kingpin. He just keeps yeah. running his empire from the inside. So it's not yeah. a figurative prison, then. No, it's a literal. He's 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 at Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That well, that's what I'm saying. Is like it's not literal because he's still running things as if he wasn't yeah. in prison. So. It's yeah, no well no, it's a literal prison in that he is in a holding cell at Rikers Island. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, you know what? It's been a fun year. I'm glad that the three of us have stayed together to do all this stuff. So thank you to both of you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. And um yeah, we will be back at the start of next year. We will be doing our famous most expected or uh what are we most looking forward to in 2022 show we will kick off the new year with that as our first show and we have some interesting things lined up for next year um already churning on some topics that i have some ideas for um i thought i thought we were gonna have issues running out of topics and then i completely realized 
there's no fucking way we're ever going to run out of topics because mm-hmm. I just thought of a whole host of topics we're going to be doing next year. Um, we're going to be having some guests. I've already got some guests tentatively lined up for next yep. year. You forced an AI to listen to our first 200 episodes. And, uh, <coughs> come up with in March. For us. In, in March, you're getting your first entirely AI po- episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Let's do some like more character driven <laughs> stuff like that. Which we would love to do if you support us at patreon.com. <laughs> there might be something we can... we're working on at the moment. Yeah. Which, Rich, we got to get together over the break. Where that's, that's that. yeah, I don't know how much of a break I'm going to have, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, so we'll be doing that. And uh, we might be doing some a little bit of soft restructuring, not hard restructuring, but soft restructuring of certain things of the chop cast just to make oh, it. anything with soft, baby. <laughs> make it more enjoyable and whatnot for the listener but anyways uh let's get out of here we've been here long enough we've stroked our own ego talked about our own stuff long enough uh, you know i always feel weird talking about ourselves but um sometimes i guess people like to listen to that stuff occasionally so, occasionally um yeah i need fucking i need to get some food i'm mm. starving guys as I'm sure you guys are, but starving for apples, starving for dick and fettuccine Alfredo, um, and but, cock and balls, and cock and dick and balls. <laughs> Rich, thank you for being here from New York this year, and um, yeah, I appreciate you, buddy. Love you. Thanks, man. Appreciate you too. I'm happy to be here from the the city that's always always weeps. In New York, I heard that song for the first time in months or years or something long time great song um also i want to thank josh for being here from the beginning of the year in michigan to now being here from north carolina mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad you're here buddy and uh i know you i know you went through some stressful shit this year both with this podcast and outside of it and i'm glad you stayed around and i'm glad that uh you do everything you do for us so i love you and i appreciate you and thank you thank you Thank you. Yeah. Truly know that your work does not go unnoticed. If I, I'm sure there are moments where you feel like that, I promise you. It doesn't go unnoticed. So. And uh I was your host for this uh conversation for the uh Dagger Tooth Awards, Shay Layton calling in from Japan. Um thank you so much for checking us out and we will be back next year. Be safe. <laughs> Happy holidays. Be nice to your relatives, even if there's a crazy conspiracy. You don't have to do that. I that don't do have. that. I, you don't have to do that. I do the exact opposite of that. Don't listen to him. Consider forgiveness and compassion this year. I say things like, what's it like being the stupidest fucking person on the planet to my uncle? Consider compassion this year. <laughs> don't worry and, about uh, it. It's fine. Be safe with uh, rising cases everywhere. Please be safe, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Whatever that whatever that means to you guys, just be safe, please. And uh take care.